Anyway. It's been... Two weeks now. Since Martella and Princess Eutropia have arrived. And since then... Things have largely quieted down. They received the other nobles from around Marat. They introduced themselves. They explained how the transfer of power was going to happen and dealt with any concerns or fears that not only the nobles, but also the local populace of the towns of Marat might have had about, well, another Lothian that they'd never heard of showing up out of nowhere to take the reins. So... Today's date now is the 26th of Desmus. Getting pretty close to four months since you left your homes back in the park to come out to Marat County. And for those of you who are not totally familiar with the Galarian calendar, fortunately, in a decision that makes all of the sense in the world, it is a pretty much perfect analog to an actual calendar, and Desnus is the fifth month. So it's end of May, basically. It's, it's, it's been a good spring. The harvest, uh, the, the new harvest after the tax collector have arrived, arrived down in Stockies is starting to bear fruit and that will need to be collected soon enough. But it's probably been odd to have two full weeks where just nothing has needed you. There's no countywide problems you've had to deal with. There's been no major issues with stockies. The Night Swan hasn't been heard from since Martella just frickin' shot her <laughs> as soon as she showed up. Indiana Jonesder. Just straight Indiana Jonesder while she was doing her, her appearance. So, just real quick, round the table, Baylor. What have you done with two weeks to yourself out here, still in the backwater of Murat County? Oh, Baylor spent a lot of time working on his spellbook with access to the libraries of the Palace of Birdsong, doing Pretty other research libraries. as well. There's a lot of arcane magic available there. And also, when returning to Stockies, went around and made sure people were okay with him doing this and offered to cast the spell plant growth for enrichment on some farms around. Okay. We'll increase their harvest by one third for the next year. And on top of all the mechanical, this is, this is like an exponential boon to them after all the work you've put into stockies, how far their usable area and tillable land has been expanded it's been a couple months since the pump house has been restored now, and the swamp has receded dozens of feet, giving them so much more incredibly fertile soil to use in what was previously just a standing bog to the north of the town. And that's all multiplied by your castings of plant growth. That's, that's a pretty good guess for your, your people, I think. I don't know if you could do a whole lot better than that, really. That's going to be better. That's literally, to them, better than going around handing out sacks of money. They can't eat money. I mean, it's it's almost directly going around handing out sacks of money. That's what I'm saying. They can sell the food. That's that's what they do. They, they yeah. live, like, what they need to trade is off their excess food, and now they have tons. Almost more than they know what to do with. Now, 
How's your two weeks been? My two weeks have been very busy. I've been working in the tavern, finishing up the mural of the <clears throat> refurbished stockies, and making weekend visits out to Sepsinia. Hopefully, hopefully being able to take her on an actual date now that our duties are taken care of. You know, I, I feel at this point to encompass two weeks of being able to set a much larger percentage of your efforts on wooing this girl. I'm gonna need you to roll a d100. D100. Oh my goodness. Ooh. <laughs> Five minutes in? Go this can now. only go, go badly. That's go not now. true at all. This can absolutely no. go badly. No, it's fantastic. gonna be like a 12. That's it's better a than average. Oh, okay. that, is, that is categorically above average. And really, Sepsinia does already like you. You literally saved her from a curse that could possibly have driven her to take her own life. She's she's fairly into what the stalwart is putting out here. And uh, a 55 on the above average, I would say your first date, well, nothing magical or earth shattering would have gone fairly well. Good. Did you get that foxtail? Not yet. Haven't had time to hunt down a fox. Had two or weeks to hunt down a fox, no? Had been, two weeks. I had to finish the mural. <laughs> <laughs> Dara, how's, how's downtime been? Uh, I'm basically just working on trying to figure out how to make acid bolts. And now that I'm not really the forced to be the tribune to sway all of the people so that when we overtake the county they won't hate us. Now that we're past that part, now he can just kind of hang out in town uh, on his off time. You also at this point have no need to fake who you are anymore. Like you're, you're not yeah, trying to pretend be... to be this Betneer. I mean you are you probably still are claiming to be the Betneer. You are still the Tribune of Stockies. Yeah. But... That's I don't it. have to act really pompous. Yeah, you don't so. have to keep up these appearances. You don't have to pretend to be married to Kahina anymore. All of the, the things used to get you and your group in here are largely gone. Yeah, so he'll probably just hang out in town a bit and uh, get a better rap with the people. But mostly he's going to try and figure out how to make acid bolts because those are real cool and he likes those a lot. <laughs> so you spend some time trying to work on something that's going to be very new territory, Dara, trying to learn alchemy. That's very far out of your wheelhouse. But good news is that you have not one, but two wizard friends here who probably, one hey. of them knows at least something about alchemy, I'm sure, and could help if he has any <laughs> spare amount of time where he's not actually just buried under parchment in the Lothian family library. It's some assistance. You do that at the same time. Exactly. And you have a contract with the alchemist up in Lothidar, who, while a bit of a strange sort, and not incredibly prone to, or excited about teaching his trade to somebody he's currently selling his supplies to. Just the fact that you can see his operation, you can work with him to keep the supply of acid bolts going, means that you have some exposure to not just alchemy, but the specific process that you're after here. So I'd say you definitely start to pick it up and start to make sense to you. How about you, Kahina? 
Um, so I spend the next two weeks, um, <clears throat> because like you said, we aren't pretending to be people anymore. Although Kahina is like literally a people person. It's what she does. She's so even if they're not pretending anymore, Kahina is still very friendly and chatty and, and whatnot. And she really does, while she likes living like a little bit better than below like poverty level and stuff so she's not gonna like slum it all the time with the people of stockies she does care about their well-being like baylor and especially now that we brought some of the people from newtown in and with the expansion with the uh crops and stuff you know she's just you know trying to make sure that everything's set up and the the new people who've come in are finding ways to be able to set up right. homes and whatnot and the trading and is, is suddenly oh, real big Right, and the trading's going well with Pinsaris, and the trading's going well with Moose, because she told Dame Crab she would open that up now, so she's making good on her promises to Moose. And with all the, things, all the things you've done with Stockies to upgrade at the, the market square that you had invested into mm-hmm. getting an actual tradable area with various stalls and shops, uh, storefronts that could be rented out, not only and- would the trade passing through and Jambus being dealt with, so that the Western Road is usable and functional now. Not only would traders be passing through with much more regularity, some of them would themselves become regulars in stockies, not just random assorted passing traders, but traders who would come to stockies to do their trade to buy and sell goods as the town grows. Top of that, on a more personal level, and for the group, and with uh, for Martella and whatnot, she has pinned several uh, epic tales that she has then sent to the Bard's College about such things as fighting Iron Lash, fighting the Gold Pebble, um, and all this, and um, done it up a little more and made it more pro-Utropia so that people... Put the swing on it. Put a swing on it that all this was done for the glory of Utropia so that when they teach tales at the Bard's College and whatnot, these are all just slowly getting out to other city-states and whatnot and Leaving the glory of the Utropia. killing an Inquisitor of Evidor part, probably. Yeah, we but, left that part but out. But largely right, the rest of it. Glazed over yeah. that. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see a dead Inquisitor of Abadar. Do you see a dead Inquisitor of Abadar? <laughs> I don't see a dead Inquisitor of Abadar. I don't see a dead Inquisitor of Abadar. So, that leaves us with Inori. Okay, um, for starters, uh, Inori's never had this much money in her entire life, being that she Lives grew in the up narrows. right outside the Narrows. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of money. First thing, uh, would like to get a brand new trench coat after the Elders encounter. That one's probably not going to look too good anymore. Uh, black, obviously. She'd like to get some hidden pockets maybe built on, on the inside. Hold on. Is Inori, with her first minor fortune here, going to immediately go spend it on clothes? No, no, no. That That's the start. This stuff, this is the cheap stuff. The the, the okay. big stuff's coming. Okay. Believe me. Okay. I'm like I'm like, Inori, clothes. You want to go shopping? Let's go shopping. Her, no, her her shopping for clothes is different than yours. Her is tactical. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, see, you're wrong. It needs to be. We can do tactical. To accessorize. That, we right, need well, to go and get dresses. You made oh, a mistake. No, you said clothes, the Kahina. But continue. Uh, <laughs> dresses bound. 
just sneak out when Keena's not looking to go shopping. You got the uh, love the under the cover of night so she won't follow you. <laughs> so she'd also like to get an, uh, a backup spell component pouch sewn into the coat. So if she ever loses her, she has a spare. The And a hood added for, you know, those rainy days. And just in case, you know, you got to do some undercover stuff. Okay. That's for starters. That's easy. Maybe pick up a dueling dagger somewhere if that's available in Lothidarum. I need a backup I mean, weapon. A dueling but... dagger is very much some, a weapon in Talden style, and you would absolutely be able to find one in Lothidarum Pensaris, yeah. Perfect. Anyone that has a blacksmith. Like, dueling is the Talden, is a Talden pastime. That's like Taldor baseball. So, uh, absolutely. For it being so popular, it really was hard to get a hold of one. <laughs> uh, last little detail with the coat, though. It needs to be a little shorter because she doesn't want to trip. Little, you know, last one is a little odd. But the big one, okay. Before everything that happened with um, her father and such, Minori uh, has a, had a passion for magic, and she couldn't really invest in that passion because it's not so much I'm not a lot of money to go around. That stuff it's gets expensive. kind of expensive. Yeah. yeah. But she's always interested in the way it works and uh, the and functionality, and always wanted to like kind of try to reverse engineer something, and eventually, hopefully, create her own magic at some point. So what she would like to do for the majority of the two weeks is take the money she earned to invest in taking the spell Scorching Ray and trying to make an icy version of it for herself as a custom. So you're trying to invert Scorching Ray. You're trying to make Icy Ray. Pretty much. Okay. Yes. Alright, so with spellcrafting, which has like an outline of rules, but a thing I don't like, if you ever have thoughts of things you want to try to do, ask me, because I will work with you, but I'm not saying it's by no means a framework which you can plug in. Hey, the book says it this much. Scorching Ray already exists. Mm-hmm. And you are just trying to convert it to a different type. It's kind of like energy. a stepping stone, a, pl a starter place for her to like oh, one day maybe invent her own I, magic. The recommended cost is a thousand gold per spell level, so it's gonna be a second level spell. So as recommended, be two thousand gold. I'm gonna have that. Okay. Since you're not trying to create something totally new, you're just trying to adapt a different element to magic that already exists. Which, while still a great undertaking. Mm -hmm. is far from inventing something from pure scratch. And I'll give you a spellcraft check. Let's say... Let's say DC 20. Okay. Uh, and if you can make me this, I'll even give it to you for half of that. 500 oof. gold in a week of research in the library. Being that, I mean, we know how, what type of... Uh, Nori kind of tries to put things in her favor. Not necessarily cheap, but you remember what happened with the, the jousting <laughs> thing. Yeah. She does know a spell now after spending some time in the library to get certain advantages magically when, when attempting to do something that involves skill. Okay. Can I can I use a... What's its, what's its duration? Would you be able uh, to keep it on you all day? No, it's not an all day. It's uh, seven minutes. Would you be able to keep minutes. it on you for? Oh no, no. no. Okay. If, if it was something you could keep on you for at least, I'd say eight hours a day for a week, I'd let you use it. But this, since this sure. is long-term research, like a seven-minute buff, 
That's isn't going to be enough to uh, it, it, like affect a week's two weeks of research. So, all right, spellcraft. Let's spell. Let's, let's give it, see let's what we can do. Here. Come on, baby. Believe. Oh, it's kind of. Ooh. I said 21. DC twenty. I oh. said DC twenty. Twenty one is categorically DC twenty. So. <sighs> 50 platinum, quarter of what you got for Princess Eutropian, and a week of uh, full-time research in the Lothi library with Baylor, and you can develop, what, we, what are you calling this new spell? Ice Beam. Ice Beam. All right, Articuno. You <laughs> discover Ice Beam, which is exactly Scorching Ray, but it deals cold damage instead of fire. Fantastic. And we're level seven, so it's great. Hey, yes. yeah, you're level seven, so it's double ice beam now. It's it's, right. it's getting the twofer because that's that's what scorching ray goes up, right? Scorching ray gets real good at seven. So does ice beam. So, with all of that, uh, that's still you are major figures here in Marat now. You are almost beyond nobility. You are levels of fame in Marat that no one's really attained before. You kind of protagonisted all over the place. He sort of showed up, went around the county, fixed damn near every problem everyone had that you could reach. And it's hard to stay completely out of the limelight. So I'm going to give each of you one last persona phase before we move on here. And I want to do this kind of quick. This just rolls into your, your two weeks you've done. If you want to detail what it is you're going to try to do, feel free. But if not, with these two weeks of relaxing and how much work you've already done, Marat, you can literally just name a skill and what you're trying to raise to what rank and roll, throw a d20. And we'll call it good for now. So, Baylor. You got your genius six or seven, whatever it was. Only six. Six was the uh, advanced operations, right? Yep. So what do you want now? You could go for genius seven. I want to, but if we're only getting one more, I got to go with something else. What are you going to go for, then? I'm going to make good to that swan maiden. And I'm going to lead the cleanup, or at least get people inspired for the cleanup of Lachlan Lake. Okay. So Try to get some sagacity with knowledge nature. Is that going to one? Yes. Okay, DC <laughs> 17. Let's I get can't some... fail it, but I'll roll it anyway. Just roll it anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's getting to one at this point in a wizard's life. The, the, the number on the D20 was higher than what you needed. A 34 on knowledge nature. You will easily raise your sagacity to one, which has the effect of inspiring another pair of people to follow you dedicate themselves to your cause people that you really believe you can trust no we're going to go for heroism six uh just basking in the glory of our accomplishments same as right. we've been doing so six means you're going for a 27 that's a 34 what is, what is happening you both rolled 18s <laughs> that made 34s i don't understand so your heroism Raises to six, and at six, now you are the second member of the party here who has access to the advanced operations and can dedicate your agents to more complex, more difficult 
and in some cases, more risky tasks they're willing to undertake for you. Dara! Um, I'm gonna just uh, raise the sacrifice. Okay. Uh, try and raise my sacrifice. And to... just as I said, just hang around out of town. But what's the sacrifice back. two? What's what's your sacrifice going up to? Uh, going to two. Uh, okay, so you got DC 19. Okay. And then, um, I guess I can roll heal with that. Okay. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, like I said, for this one, you've done enough in here. Like uh, we, we've covered what you're doing for your persona faces in Marat so many times. I think it's generally accepted. We mostly understand what's going on. But sixteen, not quite. Not you? quite gonna get it with a uh, with a sixteen, unfortunately. So your sacrifice is not. Uh, your renown is not going to increase further than it already is. Kahina. Uh, I am going to um, once again. Uh, perform some of the more epic plays since there was kind of a disquiet about Utropia coming in. Maybe if we twist it a little and put was, a better spin on it. It was yeah. a little concerning for a county that was very heavily imperialist. Yeah, to come in and suddenly be the... Fairly recently. So, and here's the leader of the Loyalist Party. Yeah, a, so um, yeah, we'll try. We're going to six. Okay, so, so that's DC 27. Okay. We get up to six. And she do it. And she barred. She Can does, I, in I, fact, bard. I do in bard. I do with, bard. With I a 31, we got two new advanced operation users unlocked here. As you two join the, uh, the ranks of having six in a stat, and you can now do the advanced charm. Persona operations. And for those of you, again, the Persona system is something that was introduced in War for the Crown. It's not a rule set that existed before this. It was added specifically for this adventure path since their growing fame is such an important factor. So they can use their agents initially, these people they're gathering with their fame, these groupies followers that they can trust to do some basic things normally. Uh, they can be recruited to perform heal checks on your behalf for long-term care, to gather information and collect rumors, uh, even to create simple items. But with these advanced operations that they unlock as their fame grows ever higher, they get more and more skilled followers that are able to do much more things. They're able to do things like spread propaganda through a city or an area. Exactly what Kahina is going for here. To not just collect rumors from towns, but insert rumors of their own. They're able to help you create magic items or even serve directly as guards that can travel along with you. Possibly going so far with the charm six that we've unlocked, my favorite of the advanced operations in the entire game. Well, the entire section that's the game is really just more for the crowd because that's what they've been added for. Where you can have your agents infiltrate an enemy organization. And much like the Pensaris guards who were already allied to you and more inclined to side with you than with Count Lothian, you could breach into an area and the guards posted there could be your infiltrators from before. No need to fight them. That problem's already solved. Come on in. You can do some really, really cool stuff as your fame spreads and you amass more powerful recruits. That leaves us with Inori for our last go on the Persona rolls. Okay, I'm going to 
try to tie this into the whole creation of Ice Beam. Um, okay. It's been a long genius? time since she's kind of had fun, you know, making new magic and stuff. She needs some test subjects. So while she's out there learning and uh, chasing down bounty hunters, maybe prepping this new Ice Beam and trying to test it out on some people. You chasing down tracks- bounty hunters? You trying to eliminate the competition here? <laughs> No, 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 no! Like the 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 criminal scum. Is it now bounties? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm tracking down bounties, not other bounty hunters. <laughs> um, Something racist but... other beach by eliminating the competition. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily killing them, but at, at, I get what you. I got tracking you, them down and using that to try to create the renown of. Oh my God, she has ice beam, um, and I'd like to use spellcraft if I could for that because, oh my God, she's doing a new thing. And it's kind of nuts. Sounds good to me. What are you trying okay. to raise to? Uh, subterfuge. Um, bah, 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 to a four. All right, subterfuge four is going to be a DC 23. Persuasion check here. Oh. Oh, it's just it's just never going to happen. That was I'm... almost, you almost had the third 18 for the persona faces here, but then had to click over to that four. It wants me to use my hero the, points so bad. Sadness. I mean, this is pretty much it, the man. only he thing. He accidentally hit the other bounty hunters instead of the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the only thing hero points have been deposited into, largely, is persona faces. But some of you had more success than others. The usual <laughs> persona phase thing. Some of you were great. Some of you it doesn't so much. But we got a couple people with growing groups of followers now a flock expanding and pulling in more and more skilled individuals able to perform more complicated and risky dangerous tasks that could be very useful as we head further into the war for the crown as we head into whatever our next mission will be and after two weeks on this star day beginning of a good weekend at the Bethany estate the group of you receive an invitation to visit Martella Lothied in the Palace of Birdsong. When is convenient, but as early as is convenient. Are we good? We had. I mean, how do we. Should we be prompt for this, or should we, like, fashionably late this kind of thing? Is this. Is this date. Matching up with when everybody else is showing up there, or is this a special? This day would have been that well after happened. this. Oh, that this, already happened. Yeah, that's okay. already happened. This is this is well after that. This is an invitation to the five the five of you specifically. <clears throat> it has been uh, my uh, always been in my best interest not to keep Martella waiting. Surprisingly, Martella's agent doesn't want to keep her boss waiting. So. He is pretty good with a gun. It's best not to. <laughs> you don't really want to see her mad. It's not pretty. Well, the last time we saw her mad, she put a bullet through a guy's skull. She does that. She, every she time we a... see her mad, she puts a bullet through a guy's skull. Yeah, she's two Out for two on getting upset and shooting somebody so far. Yeah. So It's par for the course, usually. And that was for those of you who joined us here when we went over to the Paizo channel back in book one in Crownfall when they rescued her from a group of contract assassins. 
she also dubbed a, a, a cultist with that same pepper box in a very, very touch and go battle. So while still handcuffed, even while Wasn't still she? handcuffed, she's really good at this. It turns out she's pretty good with the gun. <laughs> so dumped a gun and a box of bullets on her while handcuffed, reloaded it, popped a guy. <laughs> Yeah, that was you a scary a... fight, if I remember correctly. I think I was 1v1 in yeah. Wasoka. Like Wasoka, the Wasoka fight did not go fantastic for you guys. That no. was a... Uh... You weren't 1v1-ing her. I was on the other side with a dagger in one hand and a wand of shock. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were helping a lot. I believe uh, the description was literal clown fiesta. It was absolutely a literal clown fiesta, yes. That is exactly what happened. Look but... how, we, how we all have grown. You are no longer under a difficult time crunch here. You no longer have this great pressure to do things quickly or to advance your agenda at, at, with great haste. So you can take your nice carriage, get up there in a couple days, or you can take your horses as you might be more accustomed to and ride up there by evening. Are we going in luxury for once or are you just <laughs> allergic to enjoying your day? I'm I like having horses. It's much quicker. I'm with Dar on this one. You so, guys could ride in the carriage, though. We could just sort of flank you. At this point, completely and utterly incapable of enjoying themselves or doing things that aren't committed the to the task. <laughs> you take the carriage by yourself. By You'll stop and say later. <laughs> okay, if I'll everybody take... else is taking the horses, I'll ride, but we could, we could ride in the carriage. We'll saddle up our horses and head out that very day? We going immediately? Why not? Why not? I Why I not? Finish my mural. It's star date. You don't have a weekend date with uh, Sepsenia? Do you have do you have a date? No, because the date was the last weekend. Okay, well you're good to go. Okay. Nell's off the hook for now. Nell's dropped the bond chain. You can help the look there. We're good. So you ride through the day, the very fam <laughs> very familiar journey. <laughs> by now the road up north to Lothidar. And there are many more caravans, wagons, and travelers these days heading north and south from the roads down to Stockies and Pensaris up to Lothidar, bringing goods one way or the other. And as Lothidar, Stockies, and the county of Marat have grown so far under your tutelage, so too does the Palace of Birdsong now look like an entirely different experience. Rather than the admittedly beautiful and well-maintained building that laid quiet almost as a ruin, save for a couple of occasional errant gardeners or servants going around feeding the many caged birds around the palace, the Palace of Birdsong is now truly bustling with activity as artisans work to uh, restore its faded glory, and not only traders, but visiting diplomats pass in and through regularly, elbowing each other in the halls. As you enter, Martella Lothied has taken over Bartleby's old office and is up there waiting for you as a servant shows you upstairs, ready with a platter of honey cakes and a steaming teapot on her desk. And as you sit down, she once again smiles and looks over the group of you. Well, you've certainly settled in well enough. You didn't warn me about the ghost. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember the ghost. What what ghost are we talking about, guys? 
I jest. There's okay. a... <laughs> well, not <coughs> entirely, but just to you. There is a ghost that seems to haunt the palace. Uh, the specter only makes his appearances at night and doesn't seem to go much further than this office. I encountered him fairly recently a week or two back, staying up late working some business and looking through some documents. He seems harmless, unfortunately, but it was a startling experience, I'll admit. Understandably, you had no knowledge of his presence. Bartleby failed to, uh, to tell us about a ghost. We apologize. Further then... interesting is the ghost appears to be his father. I haven't been able to make much contact with it. It doesn't seem coherent enough to speak. The ghost of old Mercator is clearly troubled by something. I haven't yet maybe, defined what, though. Maybe uh, it had something to do with his... Uh, with the demon or with the psychobob. Maybe it was how much his son was messing up the county. Could have been that too. Maybe he just enraged his father. He does haunt the office, so it's as fair a guess as any. Mm. Still, I know that his untimely demise was at the hands of a magical accident. He is most of my family was very interested in magical research and advancement, which... Oddly enough, Lady Dento, you seem to share more of an affinity to than I. Perhaps we yeah, should have swapped always, roles. <laughs> it's always kind of been a passion. Never really had the time until recently, which I appreciate that. Still, he's trying to communicate something, and regardless, this is all beside the point. This is far from why I brought you here. And thank you for arriving so quickly. Please, help yourselves to these refreshments. And hope you've all enjoyed your few weeks of well-deserved rest down in Stockies, though, it seems at least two of you don't understand the concept. They've been working here in the library at least as much as we have. It was well appreciated. I finally got to finish some long-weighted painting. Well, you these certainly... are really good. Where did you get these? <laughs> the servants <laughs> have made them here. It's a family recipe. Now, You've done your jobs very well. The transition of power seems to have gone cleanly here, and even in light of the recent traumas that have occurred, most of the local nobles seem to have taken kindly to our arrival. I'd been worried about how they'd received the princess, but they seemed pleased, by and large. Many of them have questions about another Lothian taking the reins here, but for all his faults, my half-brothers seem to have treated them decently enough, and they've no major concerns. Given the events that took place here over the last legs of your journey, we'd given the serving staff a few weeks off, and been very short-handed here, so I apologize, I don't have more here waiting for you. Quite alright. Now I have a question for the group of you. How much do you know about the city of Yanmas? Mm, it's to the north. Mm, that's about it. That it is. Never heard of it. The last large settlement on the road out east, out of the continent, even out of the inner seas, or north out into Galt. Either way, traders have passed through Yanmas as their last stop. I have several books here you can read on your way because that's your next stop. The city's been neutral up until now, but commands truly considerable wealth due to its location and 
prolific and numerous traders, and access to very exclusive trade goods. Its support to our cause would be invaluable, and the Princess and Pytherius have both sent delegations to win alliance with the mercantile council that runs the city. Even if you know little of the settlement, or its connections, just this small amount should surely be enough to impress its importance onto you. Does sound very valuable. I know merchants. From a family of them. What would you think about setting up a guild there? We don't want to interfere directly. Yanmas remains steadfastly neutral in their politics. A decision that has led them access to traders from both factions. They don't want to alienate any of their clientele any of their more extreme traders or barons. It is in their interest to stay away from the political game as much as they can, but sooner or later in this War for the Crown, they'll have to choose a side, and with their strategic significance, we need it to be ours. Now, here's the concern. Our agent we sent up there a few weeks back, before our arrival here, Sir Meyer Dratavis, is gone missing. His last correspondence has mentioned troubling recent events. There's been bandit raids, cult activity in the city's walls, missing soldiers. It was lurking, working alongside Pytherius's representative. And with that, her uh, lips tighten and her face kind of grows a bit grim. Lady Abendago, I believe you're familiar with Earl Yander Mercandus. Hmm. Yes. He is a very influential man with a lot of sway over the political game. Even though he's very few direct political connections himself, he still maintains a strong enough following that he has a true and powerful claim to the throne, as much as any of the standing senators that have thrown their hats into the ring. He's a powerful man, and he seems to have thrown his lot in with the Imperialists. Maxlar Pytherius has selected him as his agent to operate in Yonmas. Much, I imagine, for the same cause as us. He was working very closely with Sir Tativus. I haven't heard anything since then, and suspect foul play. I'm familiar with the way that Earl Mercandus works. Lady Evendale. Excruciatingly familiar. This is a large part of the reason that I have chosen you and your team here from Marat to take onto this task. Mercandus is a very powerful and capable man, and you'll do well not to underestimate him in any capacity. And I think that should you be capable of controlling it, Lady Abendego, your hate for him may serve you well. But if you wish me to assign a different group to the task, I do understand. I can keep it in check long enough to get what we need to be done done. Good. If he disappears after, eh. By all means, if that were to happen... Pytherius be losing a truly powerful ally. But be aware 
that his connections are equally as powerful as he is. He goes disappearing under a mysterious circumstance, especially shortly after Princess Eutropia has sent a much greater delegation out to the city. It will raise questions. Now I need you to head to the city, find Sir Dratavis, or else if no further, continue his work, convincing Yonmas to formally back Princess Eutropia. Now, I'll field any questions you have about the city or your task. Do not have to go in on false pretenses, do we? Because that was... Ah, uh, the cover story. What's it going to no. be this time? This task will be much simpler. Your names are known now. Your renown has spread far beyond Marat for your usurping of the county. Its backwater location does not keep it fully from the eye of politics, and my family also is a fairly powerful one. Word has spread of your deeds. You'll need no guises this time. You'll be going as a formal delegation on behalf of the princess, as yourselves. I like it. Very straightforward. Much more to your expertise, I believe, Sir Austin. Yes, yes. Tired of being married to me already. I see how it is. Oh, man. Now, I'll formally take a hold of Stocky as while you're gone. I'll take the title of Tribune, Acting Tribune, uh, as I understand that Miss Piscom is in no hurry to take that title back to herself. Nah, she's not. She does make... enjoy being sheriff, though, so you'll have help there. Well, I'll be sure to use her talents as well as I can, and I'll make sure that Stocky's enjoys continued prosperity as it had under your reign. Is there anything else? Um, who exactly should we start with once we get there? I'll be sending you to contact the Mercantile Council. To my understanding, Yanmas itself is run by a baron, but as part of the recent problems that have plagued the city, the baron has been deposed. Give me one moment, and she shuffles through some papers to see what she can find. And by shuffles through, she shuffles through some papers. What's that? Control F? Baron? Mostin Kustios, that's his title. Uh, Baron Mostin Kustios meets with the Mercantile count, uh, Council once per month. I understand that he's fallen ill, but I, I can't imagine that he'll miss this monthly meeting. You'll want to enter yourself both to the Baron personally and to the Mercantile Council, as both hold considerable sway over the city. I can also uh, send some letters to my family, see who we have, maybe, and ask around to see if my parents have anybody up there doing business or who have been through doing business as of late. Use that to our advantage as well. It would be wise to apply your connections, yes, but I would be careful drawing direct contacts to your family. As far as the Greater Talden opinion is concerned, your father is imprisoned for high treason. I would be careful applying that connection publicly. Hmm. This is a still a sensitive situation, even if not one that requires you to go under guise. Now, these issues that the city has been experiencing, these various bandit attacks, these, these missing soldiers, a growing cult, I don't know much about this. All I have are the reports from Sir Tavis, and he was a diplomat, not a soldier, so I've 
frustratingly few details on the bandit raids. And still little about the missing soldiers. But I understand a regiment of the Talden Horse, the nation's elite cavalry, is stationed outside the walls of Yanmis and frequently serves as a, almost a hand of the guard while the nation has been at peace. But they seem to have just disappeared. Huh. One entire arm of the Talden military vanishing into thin air is nearly unheard of. How many were there in the, the in this battalion? The Talden horse was an elite wing of cavalry, so it was not a massive detachment, but a few dozen soldiers. Wow. That's concerning. Steeds and all. And what about this cult? Do you have many details on them? Very little. Except that its members seem to be friendly and it's popular with the locals among Yanis. Uh, Sir Dratatus claims that the so-called cult of the Twilight Child has been healing the sick and the injured with a touch. At no cost. Far from what was offered from the Church of Abadar's services. Why is it of such concern? Well, truth be told, of the issues the city faces, this seems farthest from the most important. But their growth has been rapid, and that alone is at least cause for some investigation. You would do well to know the lay of the city you hope to sway. And if this cult, even if it is no problem, is a growing and major feature of the common people of Yanmas. It would do us a good service to know more details about it. Any faction growing large, even if it's not a problem, could easily become one. Exactly. Especially if they side with people against you. By all means, this cult so far has posed no dangers and no threats. They operate openly inside the city, welcoming all who wish to bear witness to whatever it is they are, but I've little details beyond that as Sir Dratatus did not investigate this cult much, just that its existence and growth was alarming, if nothing else. If they are not an enemy, perhaps they could serve as a, a powerful out uh, a talking is hard. A powerful ally in the city of Yonmas as you try to yeah, honey biscuit stuck in my throat. Talking's difficult. Makes uh, the words sticky. Yeah, whether friend or foe, though, it would be good to know where exactly they stand and how they grow so quickly. What endears them to the people? You could use similar tech. Still, you'll have a decently long ride. It'll take you a few weeks to arrive, and I've left you with several tomes to study about the city. Uh, you'll be departing immediately. Very well. <coughs> Just gather our things. Well, immediately as the morning, of course, or as soon as possible. I know you've made connections here in Murad, and you've your own business to attend to, so this is urgent, but not something we need drop all connections and ship out to immediately. I was hoping to send you out as soon as possible, though. Perhaps even in the morning. The morning is doable. 
We have our been connections here are not. Yeah, our connections here are not something that can't be simply explained with a letter. I'll take care of stockies in the county in your absence. Have no fear. Now, before you head to a night's rest and to prepare for a, a long journey by carriage and canal. Is there anything else you'd wish to ask me about this task? Can I set up business in this city? By all means. Any way you can Fantastic. find to exert influence over the city of Yonmas will be helpful. But just keep in mind your main goal of doing what service you can for the Baron and his mercantile council. and Trying to get the city's rulers to declare their support for Princess Utropia and the Loyalist cause directly. Your work will be somewhat similar to what you did in Marat here, but you're working more directly as agents on the princess's behalf. You're not trying to work behind the scenes to usurp a throne, simply to lobby a political cause. Mm. Anything you can do to get in well with the Mercantile Council or any of its members will help you. Is there going to be anybody in this city that might be hostile to representation of Utropia? Well, of course. Earl Mercandus is there, working on behalf of the Commander-in-Chief Pytherius. I think Beyond that, as I said, is the way to phrase that question. The yeah. city is steadfastly neutral, and much as his diplomats and yourselves will be under diplomatic protection from the Mercantile Council, none should directly raise arms against you. Not openly, anyway. Okay. They'd risk losing well, the support of the city. We'll, of course, have to deal with agents subtly, as best we can. I would recommend that as much as possible you pursue this task above the table. Of course, there may be perfect opportunities to sabotage Mercandus's work there, and I couldn't blame Lady, Lady Ebendego for taking those upon herself. But the more openly and the more directly and honestly you work with the city and its people, the more easily you should be able to sway them to our cause. Perfect. You're not here to undermine Pytherius or the Earl. You're simply here to demonstrate that we are more useful and that we are more beneficial to them. And finding out what happened to their soldiers, opening a business, helping them with any other tasks they need. That will definitely city. go a long way. So... The guest wing of the palace, of course, is more than open to you. You're welcome to stay here the evening. You, I, of course, won't set you to ride back to your own homes this late in the evening. Uh, the evening meal should be served shortly by what serving staff we have. It will be meager, unfortunately. Again, we've little to work with here, but I hope it shall suffice. And you have the night sure to, think, uh, to think and plan, prepare yourselves, research any way you can. And before you leave, uh, as long as you're here... I'll be more than happy to answer questions. Do not hesitate to reach out to us even from the city of Yanmas. You're working directly in the open now. If you wish to send word or letter, ask for advice or recommendations from myself or the princess on your operations, please feel free to reach out to us directly at any time. Mm. So Rastam, I believe you will appreciate the openness of this new task. <laughs> I do, I do. I am more excited for this task. And with that, Martello would dismiss you from the office downstairs to get a meal and 
prepare you and the pair of servants still on staff in the palace would go out to prepare the guest rooms for your stay this evening. Are they halflings? Are they happier than they used to be? They would both be halflings right now, yes, and they would seem to be in much higher spirits uh, <laughs> under this new rule as they were under Bartleby previously. No more halfling jockey races. And, and looking around, you can already see that the Palace of Birdsong has taken great strides in its restoration. Uh, the signs of your attack on the palace, even the chips and the statues in the hall, are entirely repaired and gone. Uh, you notice that the gardens and the yards are much better tended to, even with much fewer servants available, and that several of the large topiaries in the backyard seem to be missing entirely. But you've the evening to discuss, prepare any plans as a group that you wish, and eat and rest up before your journey to Yonmas begins. All right, plan number one. I'm going to need to send at least a couple letters a month to Sipsenia. I would suggest you send her a letter tonight. And uh, absolutely, before we leave. A him. present. To <laughs> I would send her a present <laughs> as well. Really getting fancy on this girl, huh, Mel? She's fun to be around. Oh, I think it's sweet. I think it's more than that at this point, man. <laughs> Fun to be around. Well, it's hard to find someone who's willing to paint with me. None of you around here like it. Hey, it's just <laughs> not my forte. Shellen gave me different gifts. Which I actually meant to talk to you about. Hmm? And pulling out the book from the armory... I need advice oh, on no. how to fix this. Because I would like to restore it, but I'm not so much a fan of the original content. Let me see that. Uh, I'll just hand the book over. Oh. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> and just flip open pages. Flip open. This is this is the uh, yeah. very uh, salacious the, the, text. It's yes. a very salacious text, yeah. That he had recovered. <laughs> You're Darn. right, the forms are not drawn very well. It is quite um, I'll wander over and look over Kahina's shoulder. No, he's gonna jab Dara in the ribs when he's not looking. <laughs> right. It's impolite to read over other people's shoulders. <laughs> Pardon me, I'll, I'll stand over mm -hmm. <laughs> But you can see the value of this book. It's just, it needs to be reworked. And then sold. Exactly. In many copies. Preferably. <laughs> make a profit. We could make uh, a very good profit, I think. Are we... Are, are we, we starting a game form now? distribution plan now? Well, uh, I... I it would be know. very popular in the military. It would be. It's a, a, can't, he's can't not wrong. That. I cannot <laughs> argue with that. That is solid logic. There is this also is... the curator, Axelinius, who lives here, who hmm. would be interested in buying some Ah, uh, Is he the one that uh, bought the statue? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we could. The statue. We could definitely sell him this. And actually... He definitely could... sold that man. A produce a petrified man as art, which... Still, one of the, like, of all the decisions we've made here, definitely one of the more questionable decisions the party's made. Um, Mel yeah. made that decision. 
<laughs> I would say if I we wasn't about this, to let it break. If we clean this up and we properly bind it and do as uh, for distribution, I'm sure I can set it up with uh, my family back in Opara. We could uh, we could and then distribute it to certain vendors who would vend to the military and various other areas, pubs, bars. Are you serious right now? Why not? It's money. Just going to look over at Baylor and be like. <laughs> I'm a merchant. What do you want? Shaking my head. I'm a noble. This is a great source of income. Of income. Just pulling out my spell book at this point. <laughs> I agree. Your we will talk about book. this uh, in the carriage on the way. I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can clean it can up. And then... Can we not? <laughs> yeah. I'm fine if it never what comes if up again. We honestly. talked about anything else in the carriage. Uh, well, back to serious plans. We're going you need to, to send Subsinia present. Yes, that. But we're going to a town of merchants and money. We'd better look the part. We are now emissaries of the princess. I am not wearing another dress, Kahina. I don't care what you do. It's not happening. Oh, but it is. I know we've got the books to read and stuff, but could I possibly already know anything more about Yannis? Yeah, Yannis is a pretty we major told? settlement, so throw me a knowledge uh, local, and we can see what you what you already know about Yannis. It is it is a big city. Whew. Sixteen, not great. Uh, so with a sixteen, you would know that again. It, it's still decently sized. It's leagues entire categories beyond anything out here in Marat. it's a city in the avon pre prefecture far north of taldor and as uh, martella had said the last stop for traveling merchants heading north up to galt or east out to uh was it kazmaron the other whatever continents east where the kelids live i think it's kazmaron uh regardless, right to me it's a city of about 7,000 people. Whereas for comparison, Lothi, uh, Lothidar is about 1,600. So this is... It's still nothing next to Opara or oh. Casimir, the, the massive metropolis of the coast. But for its location, in the middle of the Whistling Plains, the northeastern part of Taldor, where it's basically just nothing. There's almost literally nothing between here and there. Much like America, 94% of Taldor's population lives on the coast, where the trade is. And this is like Kansas, where you are out in Marat. And then heading up to Yonmus, that's like a solid Chicago. It's the one huge trade city that's not near all the other major settlements. Like the one irrationally massive city in the middle of a sea of nothing. There aren't even minor settlements within days' journey of Yanmis. But there are so many merchant caravans, trade wagons, that pass in and out through this city constantly, day and night, that the camps and the caravanserais around the outside of the city are nearly a second city themselves. So there's like 7,000 people living there and constantly people flowing through yeah, it. Yeah, probably another 7,000 living in tents and camps outside at any given time. 
It's so, a pretty mighty city. In this new environment of sorts where money matters quite a bit, less for building more so for our appearances and just airs, putting on a show for the people right. around us. We should all consider investing in a nicer outfit. Something that really says we're there you got for business. A ca- you have a coat? carriage it's and, and nice. nice outfits to come to Murat. I'm pretty sure you you did that already with the Jubilee. I'm talking Unless you're like, saying like nicer outfits. Like you, you're going like to gaudy outfit. if you're going above yeah. where you're at right now. I'm oh. talking like everyone buys a noble's outfit. Uh. My thought was the opposite. Uh, I was thinking a practical merchant or a practical man who is is smart with his money may be more accepted in a trading town. I don't... I mean, they have their place, but the people we're going to talk to may be a balance of both. You need if to... we're representing the princess's interests, a and little more show we may be better. And we look poor, then they aren't going to be interested. They will I not be interested in the interest. But no, I understand what you're saying, and being practical is fine. But I feel like if you want to do practical, for you, it would be good practical with like a military flair. It doesn't have to be showy, gaudy plumes and, and ornate stuff like that. It can still be practical and yet well-made. So that shows that you do take care and you do have the money to look good. You choose. It's a personal choice to be more practical because of how you That's walk. That's what my clothes are now, though. Oh, for all intents and purposes, you too. Bit I'm more practical. I'm tactical. You're this, good. This You're leather good. is a lot better than my last coat. It for all intents and purposes, this is a business yet. meeting. <sighs> You're literally meeting something called a mercantile council. Yeah, it's the mercantile I mean, council. I grew up with merchants. I'm, this I'm is not what even I know. Wear my armor to this meeting. Right. Like the, the show of arms. You, you guys may dress as you want. I am more for a military background. Well, I mean, That's you fine. Your, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying if you have military clothes made for you, they need to be like made out of better material, made out of better fabrics, better leathers. They need to look like you, if you care enough about your appearance in front of them. I have the highest respect for my military uniform. And for any major occasions, I will use the formal military u- uniform that I was given. Dara, would you let me pay to have your outfit redone? Now I'm just getting offended, so no. Dara <laughs> no, have but you also have to remember, you also have to remember that military uniform is also very... Like, if we were to have it not... remade out of higher quality materials stuff that's put more for a show rather than for you're saying that my formal military outfit is not good enough to walk around some city where you to walk around the city not to go to talk to the merchants no it was good enough for the invitation for the first ball we went to with uh, with the princess with the princess Mm -hmm. that's because there were military men there Mm -hmm. It, it was an expected event and the military men that will be there now are the ones we're trying to outdo. So you have to look better than them. No, 
I'm going to use my outfit. Thank you. It was the one given to me by the military, and I... And the military now are the ones who are trying to usurp the princess you serve. I still respect the military. I just believe that... I respect... So you look like the people who are going against the people you serve. I'm... Do you not see the problem with this? Dar is a man of honor, and he's respecting his... I'm just saying that it it shows a lack of continuity in our group. It, sh- no, it, it shows that we're individuals, and we all support a common thing. I mean, it, it's just simply I'm a lack. I'm showing that the military can also support the princess. Exactly. So, with that conversation... <laughs> <laughs> this, this disagreement. Already, before we have departed for Yadmus, the party is divided on how we want to approach this thing. Haven't even had the first course yet. We're already ready to kill each other. <laughs> you haven't even gone in the wagon, and you're uh, you're already. It's kind of how we always yeah, dish. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's, no, yes, way. no. Okay, we'll do it that way. So clearly. Dar is not going to budge on this. So committed to his military uniform, the rest of you are absolutely free to spend the 75 gold to procure a noble's outfit if you don't already have one in Lothidar before you leave. Uh, you are more than welcome. But... Inori! Dara is not partaking. Now, Inori... It doesn't have to be a dress. It doesn't have to be a dress! We can get you just some really nice leather, like, pants and a, like... I have nice leather pants I'm going to say that in Taldor... The nation where the driving plot point for the beginning of the campaign is women aren't allowed to be the ruler. If you're going to the high-end, like, noble gear, it would have to be a dress. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. This is... This is not... a terribly... politically... advanced... Well, I mean, Martella wears pants. Yep. Look at she does, but outfit. she's also not wearing a noble's outfit. That's very much not a 75 gold noble's outfit <laughs> that Martella has on. That is, that this, that she wears is, like, this is what Inori is arguing for. This is what Inori mm. wants. Inori wants, like, the leather, tactical, usable attire while still looking perfectly fine. But that's not, like, a 75 gold noble's mm. outfit. That's, Correct. that's a fancy dress. That's knocking the teeth out of somebody in a back alley somewhere outfit. <laughs> Which is perfectly fine for day to day, just if we're gonna go talk to the market. Yeah, so if you, if you want to buy dress. like a noble's outfit for Anori and you don't want to get a dress, you're gonna be wearing a men's outfit, which you can, but you're very much gonna be wearing a guy's suit. Like, you, you don't have to, to wear it all the time. Just while we're in the court, for the sake of appearances. Kahina, will mm-hmm. you? What? assist me in purchasing a dress. I would be delighted. Can at least be something that kind of fits me. I don't want frillies and all that jazz. We could find a nice sleek black dress. How about that? And you're going to hear in your your head as you're kind of conversing. (laughs) Oh, this went fantastic last time. Should go for the ten inch heels too. You ran great in those as a melee. So that CRN. <laughs> I don't even think you were talking then, so apparently you were watching. It's good to know. <laughs> Nothing but a sense of amusement in your mind from your sword. 
So as far as our plan goes with these guys, what what are we thinking? Because I, what I said earlier about making a guild house, I don't think it's a bad idea to set up some kind of serious business here. I agree. I will well, see got, how they react when we get there. And... You've got a perfectly long journey to plan specifics of what you want to do with your time in Yanmas. But while you hammer out the details here, figure out exactly what Anori wants out of a nice fancy dress and ready yourselves for a bed in the guest suite. You get an evening of sleep in the palace of Birdsong where Ellers doesn't do dumb stuff to Nell. So that's yeah. pretty cool because that's only happened once previously immediately after defeating the Sakil. But now the Palace of Birdsong does truly seem to have been cleansed of whatever evil there is was still here. It's two weeks later, it's still perfectly safe to sleep in. I would love for him to just happen to have a nightmare anyway. Just a regular <laughs> nightmare. Subsidia <laughs> <laughs> just... leaves no. him because he won't go to Roll me a D100. Oh, are you, you going to panic over a regular nightmare? He's all nervous. Oh, oh, that's a 99. Mel's never having a bad dream again. Nah. <laughs> no, no. So what really happened when you guys had that last date? My goodness, Mel. <laughs> when it's 99, Nell has never slept more soundly in his entire life. This man is not unconscious. He is dead to a DC 10 heel check until somebody physically wakes him up in the morning. Like, his pulse has stopped. He is so at rest. <laughs> No, he has never been more comfortable. And uh, you all awaken in the morning with the last little errands here to run here before... How is that? We've rolled like five D100s yeah. for luck, and two of them have been 99s. How is fair, this happening? Out of the four that I've rolled, three of them... No, two of them were sub-20. Fair. You've, you've gotten the bad side of one. Easter you've had, famine. You've, You've had Sepsinia's fantastic Both of the ones dealing with drinking. the crabs were terrible. Yeah, well, 55 was all right. That was a crab date. Anyway. So persona phases. The, okay, the crabs and alcohol. Both of those were terrible. Anyway, you have the morning to arrange whatever last things you want in Lothidar to purchase Noble's outfits. Inori, to get a hold Let's of the Let's go, Kahina. It's, it's 75 gold for each of you that want to invest in like a full-blown noble outfit and if you want to have more than one of course they're just 75 gold apiece but Lothidar would be a great place to acquire them. the only that tailor... 75 gold for what? it or is it coming out of our own pocket <laughs> it's coming out of our own pocket <laughs> no responses so think that one's on like, you Inori all my remaining personal gold <laughs> if I do that I mean I can just pay for them for you guys I can buy my own dress now. Thank you. <laughs> How much? Five seconds. Is, it, is this coming out of our gold? Or, yeah, what are you no, I can buy my own dress. What do you think? Because <laughs> I'm a woman. I can't afford a fancy outfit. <laughs> so she took the bait. She, she threw How, that one out there. Is, She's a better fisherman than Nell and Baylor, clearly, because they tried and yeah. couldn't catch anything. You know where he threw that bait out and hooked one instantly. <laughs> so you, you, How, uh, how much is the messen a messenger from uh, where we are to the Crabs estate? Uh, it's going to be two silver per mile, so let me go ahead and check what it is from Lothidar. Free, if you ask me nicely. Send ah. her a present. It's going to be 33 miles, so 66 silver. 
So six and a, a six and a half gold to get a messenger out to boost. Well, it's if you want a horseback messenger. A tenth of that if you just want to send a courier that'll get there in a couple days. If you want a horseback right. messenger that will get there today, 66 silver. Definitely going to be horsebacking. It's definitely going with a pound of chocolate. Okay. A pound. Good lad. Good lad. Good man. He's made a, made a good decision. But beyond that, did you have any final questions for Lady Martella? Any final preparations you wanted before you get in the carriage to head out north? Other than the fact that this Baron has been taken ill, is there anything else that you can tell us about him that might put us m more in his good graces? Very little. I have few reports of the character or interest of the man beyond that which the city of Yonmas mirrored, and of course, as he wishes to see his city and its trade grow, the interests of Yonmas are the interests of the Baron. I don't have much more for you than that, really. That's that's all that I know. Baron Kustios is, or Baron, yeah, Baron Kustios is, as far as I can tell, a fairly simple man. I have little of his personality or personal interests, but I'm fully confident in the, your group's ability to discover them if you believe it'll be helpful. We will endeavor to find out as much information as we can. Now let the woes of Yonmas be your strengths. You're here to inure yourself to the nobility and to the ruling people here. And if they're having these troubles, these bandits, these missing military, this is a perfect opportunity for you to prove the usefulness of the loyalist cause and to prove that the usefulness of yourselves as Eutropia's agents. Remember, as you walk the streets of Yanmas, you are reflecting upon the princess's cause directly. Be careful in your words and your actions. You don't need to hide your loyalties or your true task as you did here but you do still need to exercise just as much caution now take these books the journey will be nearly two weeks until you arrive in Yonmas it should coincide fairly well with the mercantile council's monthly meeting good luck thank you and so bet. to the party we still do have that box of crafting supplies that we never ended up using. We want to leave that with stockies, or do we want to take that with us? Oh, the ones from like Lachlan that yeah. Atreides had given you. Yeah, you can either. If you want to take them with you, you can load them into the carriage. If you want to leave them with Martella and she can get them the stockies, she can do that. Might as well take them with us. It'll be useful. Could you take the crazy paints that build things? Yep, Definitely I have those. The paints. Yeah, that's that's like. I mean, like if we want to pop something up overnight, <laughs> I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how large a guild house is, but I'm sure I can make at least part of it. So you bring all of this with you and load up into the carriage to begin your journey. Now, in your time, you have like two. This is longer than the journey from a part of Marat. That was ten days. Marat up to the distant northern reaches of Taldor, up to Yonmis, as far as it's possible to be. That's quite a journey. So here's a map. 
you started an Apara down around here, this giant city on the on the coast and on the river. And you traveled up to the clearly visible palace of Birdsong here to Marat County. Not terribly far, but far enough to take you into pretty much nowheresville. You are going like somewhere up in here. Very, very far to the northern end of Taldor. To the furthest reaches of civilization in this nation. It's going to be quite a journey. So you have plenty of time to study the reading materials that Martella has left you with and learn what you can about the city of Yonvis. And you don't learn a whole lot more than what she'd already told you. Uh, the city is about 7,000 people. Uh, beyond that, it boasts, much like all of Taldor, almost entirely humans with a sizable halfling, half-elf population. Uh, it's very far from the Verudin Forest, so full-blooded elves are as rare there as half-orcs around the good people in Taldor. You know, it's run by the Baron... Custios directly, but there is a mercantile council which serves almost like a senate that makes does much of the actual lawmaking and dealing with the day-to-day -day of the county. Or of the city, rather. And the government of the city and the government of the entire Avon prefecture are much of the same, as there are hardly any other settlements at all. Not even of notable size, even small villages in the Avon prefecture. There's basically nothing. Yonmis is one golden coin in the center of just a completely empty field. Your journey there takes you nine days in this carriage as you ride. And after that, your carriage is transferred onto a large barge with many other covered wagons and carriages from assorted trading, trading caravans heading north from the coast. And this barge takes you a further five days through an assortment of rivers and canals. The two weeks that pass, spring starts to give way to the heat of summer. And your monthly bank tax passes, so... How much of that gold that you got from Eutropia ever went into your account with the Bank of Abadar? None from me. Um, Kahina would have put like 500 gold in there. Are you aware that you're, if, you, if you're only putting, you're getting close to medium, are you in medium encumbrance literally just for money weight right now, Kahina? Because I feel like your character has a huge sack of coins on you because you, you and I mean, Nara both don't well, put much in here. She could put all her stuff in there. She doesn't. Yeah, I'm just asking. Because you could just pull it back out. I figure it's going to be around two, three hundred gold for the mm -hmm. Avidar fee this month out of the party loot because it's 5% of whatever it was at, whatever it was at its peak over that month. You're probably going to be paying around two, three hundred gold for the account fee this time. Sound about right? Sounds... I don't, I don't ever look at your character sheets and your, uh, your party loot sheet, but we can figure out like, the specifics of that later. It's probably going to be around two, two thousand gold from... You got 2,000 gold each from Utopia. Yeah, yeah. Kahina would have dumped that into her in, into her little... Yeah, so bag. if it went up, let's say it went up to 4,000, 5,000 gold, 250 would have been the 5% monthly tax that would hit. Okay. And 
beyond that, your journey is incredibly uneventful. It's long. And as you travel further up north and once you get on the barge, it is joined by many other merchants and caravans, but they don't do their business on the road here. They're not, they can't unpack their wagons or trade their, apply their goods. And mostly these various merchant caravans and mercenary companies keep to themselves. So you have quite a journey that's really just listless. Finally, you unload from the barge a uh, about six, seven miles downriver from Yannis proper and begin your journey through the Avon Prefecture on, well, by carriage. The scattered lowlands of northern Taldor hold very little interest in general as far as sightseeing goes. It's just sprawling sagebrush and grasses blanketing empty rolling hills in every direction. This is Idaho. This is like the American Midwest. There's, there's nothing. And with your lives that all of you lived in Opara and Casimir down near the coast, and even in Marat, a week's journey from such livelihood, it's easy to really forget how far Taldor has fallen from its glory days. Out here, the land itself is a constant reminder. Both on the canals and in this final bit of the jury, you're seeing dead, dying remnants of settlements dotting the countryside. Empty husks of old villages and hamlets, long abandoned, now overgrown and reclaimed by the errant grasses. Yonmus wasn't always the only real settlement in the Avon pre Prefecture. It used to be the center of a bustling county. But now it seems almost as though the wildlife itself has abandoned much of the Whistling Plains. Your journey here has, like and like I said, been a lonely one. On the beginning, you'd occasionally pass another traveling wagon or caravan, almost exclusively heading south, back down to, uh, towards Apara. They're mostly of Kelid make, carrying Kelid goods, imports from Kazmaran far out to the east. If they even speak common, most of your mates in the boat, again, don't reach out to make contact or make friends. Rarely, on your journeys before you joined the barge, you would see the ironclad carts of the mining guilds that inhabit the World's Edge Mountains, the eastern border of Taldor. And finally, 14 days later, Mid-Serenith. As the days get hotter and longer, your journey reaches its end. The flow of traveling wagons is thick as you dismount the barge, and the lost straggling roads of the once-settled Avon Prefecture combine on the main route north to Yonmus. You can see the smoke on the horizon rising up from what's clearly a much more larger settlement, the first visible sign of your arrival at Yonmas. You set out in the morning from the barge, and near noon, you start to see your first encampments, impromptu caravanserais, and circles of wagons on the side of the road. Meandering fields of tents and smaller encampments centered around brightly painted wagons of trade goods, or even in this uh, middle day, the wasted embers and smokes of a campfire that had burned through the night. And this early summer, or late spring, the markets of Yanmus spread their furthest, far beyond the city's walls, and well over a mile from the city itself, trade begins. 
merchant caravans and travelers have unpacked their goods and their wares, set up stalls alongside the roads, and you can see commerce and business flowing even farther than the sight of the city walls of Yanmas. But not far after seeing these rows of tents, you see the battlements of the city walls themselves come into view. And I've got, I believe, a pretty neat little picture for this. If I can find it, there is a really good picture of coming. Here we go. A great image of rolling into Yanmas and the visible outskirts of the city itself. And you can see these battlements in view. And though at first the outer walls of this city look more akin to a military fortress than the hub of commerce you were expecting, upon approach more of the heart of Yanmas begins to reveal itself. There's two large rolling hills in the heart of the city that rise up over the height of these turreted walls. The easternmost one stands topped with a golden stone building that drips richness and extravagance, while the west, much larger, seems to have been left nearly untouched, with a wild and unmaintained forest visible peeking through the ramparts. The roofs of opulent inns, ornate homes, and gargantuan warehouses near the edge of the city soar up above the stone walls of the town itself, belying the great wealth and hospitality available within the city. And my friends, you have arrived in Yanmas. Now, first order of business, of course, is finding a place to stay. Because Yanmas is, well, a fairly large city. Well, there are... I brought a place in case we didn't find one available this late. Mm. <laughs> you brought what? A tent and a sleeping bag? Brought a I would suggest maybe an inn for this <laughs> evening, and then maybe considering how long we might be here, and since we don't have a barony house gifted to us like we did last time, maybe we look for or ask if someone knows of a house for rent that would have enough room for all of us. Between I like that. the five of us, it should be easy, and that's better than hotel rooms. At least we'll be together. And so if people are disappearing, servant people who are for Utropia are, and Martella's agents are disappearing, it's better that we stay together than apart. You arrive can... on this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was still can wondering about what uh what you brought there now you said you brought a place like how yeah the the tent the tent we're gonna stay in a tent uh, everyone yeah. else is doing it outside the city there are no. a huge amount of tent, and these are that. merchants and traders <laughs> that's, coming what, that's kind of what i was like, going for Baylor. and by the way did you just make a joke that might be one of the first times he's not even answering me that's <laughs> He's ashamed of That's himself. the joke. He's That's ashamed of this performance. So as you arrive here, <laughs> even before you've reached the city walls, even this far out, a good 500, 600 feet from the massive open wooden gates and the portcullis of Yanmas that stands wide and welcoming, this the road here is packed thick with business, trade, and people going about their daily lives. You haven't even reached the walls of the city yet. Well, the first notable building that you would see even outside the walls is here. A relatively large establishment. One of the few uh, proper buildings 
posted outside the walls. A massive, sprawling restaurant that you can smell even a few hundred feet away, growing stronger and stronger, the scent of an assortment of coffees wafting out from inside. Oh, can we please stop and get something to eat? I am so hungry. You've had 14 days journey of, well, rations, more or less, which has Kane has I, been complaining for I, about food. I brought like 20 pounds of alcohol. That's not food, did, Nels. But that's not food. I had to bring everything from the house. And I mean everything. <clears throat> I not need some food, food Nels. We should definitely stop for something real, though. As good as alcohol is, I mean, some real... Also, restaurants idea. are a great place to get information. So if we were looking to rent a house, that would probably be a good place to start. I'm not opposed. I could eat. So the group of you decide to stop by this restaurant and get some amount of food or something. Because, yeah, it has been quite a journey and you're probably longing for a nice warm meal, not whatever it is you get to <coughs> the caravan with you. And... As you arrive, there are a few, uh, a few rows of tables going around the outside of the building in different directions. One half of it appears to just be a straight coffee house uh, with a brewery inside directly visible through the open doors and windows. And that's the source of the smell pouring out into the roads outside, while the other half is a more standard restaurant. It's uh, early afternoon now as you arrive at Yonmas, just past noon. What are we going for? Ever looks good. Day special. Some Get into the brunch. restaurant, settle in, and it seems like a fairly high class establishment, even a building outside the walls of Yonmas itself. Uh, you could spend anywhere from a silver piece to a few gold here on a hearty meal. And as you take your seats, a waiter is a law, a smiling waiter arrives just seconds later to begin taking drink orders. And welcome. Uh, travelers to Aziz's house. I hope your journey has served you well and our stables were fitful for your carriage or caravans. Is this your first time in our establishment? It is, and we are so glad to see you. I am starving. You look first faces to Yanmas. Allow me to be the first to welcome you properly to our gilded city. Now, please, what can I get you to drink? Oh, I would love some tea. Some strong coffee. It's been a while on the road. Of course, the journey here is long from any direction. Uh, from where do you hail if it is not too far to pry? Feel no pressure to answer. Oh, uh, well, originally, uh, Alpara, Castamir, but um, we've been in, uh, we've came up through Marat. Ah, I've heard much of Marat County in the news of late. I understand they had a, a change of power. It must have been an interesting situation, but still, trade persists, as it must. Is a, the flow of politics does not change the flow of coin in the streets of the city. I'll take a coffee. Of course. And he as so well. And he looks to Dara. I'm really hungry. Could we get, like, the house special and maybe just whatever the, the, the most popular dishes you have? I second I that. Spread them of, around. Of course, I can make fantastic recommendations here. Uh, if it is your first time to Yonmas or to the Northern Avon Prefectures, there is a good hunt of lion up here. And if it is a meat you have not tried, its flank steaks are truly fantastic. 
Third of them up. And I'm trying. Uh, is it one for? Would we? Uh, would, what would the rest of you? I can prepare food as well uh, with the drinks. If you are hungry for your journey, I can bring it quickly. Uh yes. Uh, that sounds. I'll take what he's having. Three lion steaks, possibly five. Do, uh, do you have like a fish or something? Well, of Not course. Not so much lion. No, we have many caravans coming in directly from the coastal cities in Castamere that supply us with uh, fresh catches of trout and grouper. Uh, anything you could want. And in fact, we have a chowder on the menu today uh, with, with a mix, oh. I believe, of the seasoned grouper. It's a, it's a bit spicy, if that is okay, my lady. <gasps> I'll take one of those too. <laughs> as well as the steak. Yeah, I'll go with the spicy. It sounds good. Uh, and uh, you, sir? And she likes to bailar. The chowder okay. sounds fine. Oh, fantastic. I will. Uh, uh, did you just want a water to drink then, sir? Uh, to Dara, as he had nothing. Right, I will fetch the drinks and put your orders up in the kitchen. Again, enjoy your stay in Yanmas. Thank you. And devs away. Now, here in the bustling restaurant is, in fact, a perfectly good opportunity for you to try to learn something about the goings on of the area. Uh, there are a lot of people here drifting about. It is a coffee house. Now, if you wanted to make a diplomacy check and try and learn some of the rumors in the streets, see what's going on. Baylor, can you do person. that thing that we did in Lothidar to learn about the, the the swan and the blob and the thing in the lake? I could prepare one tomorrow. I was not, or even later tonight, but I was not expecting to need that particular spell. We shall talk. We'll, that may be something... Way. Open your ears. That I can do as well. So, you want to give me a diplomacy check then, that, Bard? That hot. Does she even need to roll it? <laughs> well, it, it, I guess not really, no. You can <laughs> roll it anyway. Go ahead and roll it. I like do roll it, but I don't think... It makes, you, it makes the Bard feel good to get the roll diplomacy <laughs> checks. And goes. roll below average and still get a 28. I so, can participate in this too, actually. Because you can intimidate people for information. No, we're not intimidating anybody in the bar. <laughs> we just got here. Wait, it's a restaurant. It's a nice place now. I'm joking. Don't be that way. So yeah, I mean, during, you can, but I'm joking. During your time in the uh, the restaurant, you listen around a bit. And after you finish your fairly nice meals, the lion steak is incredibly rich and flavorful, though kind of stringier than a more standard meat uh carnivores are built a little differently leaner, yeah yeah leaner uh, leaner is possibly a better word than stringier it's a little more gamey a little chewy it's almost like halfway to squid but again just incredibly flavorful and packed but you finish up in the restaurant you spend a few gold in there and then you head out into the city and over the course of the afternoon as you make your way around Yanmis and just learn the lay of the land, you start to kind of learn about what's going on in the city. And as Martella had warned you, there is a lot of talk about the recent troubles Yanmis has had. A lot of talk about the bandit attacks, specifically. The missing military, of course, is a problem, but it's almost a symptom of that, that these bandit attacks are happening constantly. 
you talk to some people over the rest of the afternoon and you hear a few various concerns bemoaned by the local merchants but one theory that sounds almost like it has any any kind of merit to it a place called Orvesticar Manor uh, an isolated and abandoned mansion in uh, let me double check actually make sure is it actually I don't think it's even inside the city it is actually a ways outside the city uh, it's been run down for some time but it is quite large and suspicions that the bandits with the guards and the military out of the picture may have moved their operation closer to the town itself. It's nine miles northeast of Yanmas out in the Whistling Plains, so it'd be a day's journey there and back. Well, you don't want your banditry too close to the target, or they could just come and raid you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's not in town, it's a day's journey round trip out from Yanmas. But... First things first, you are here to meet with the Mercantile Council, and you arrive here, and after your time in the streets and finding your way around the city, you end up on the northern end of town. Let's go back over to the uh, the map for a moment here. Your journeys take you up to the smaller of the two large hills, directly to the northernmost building. You can see it from outside. It was just the massive gilded manor almost uh, and you're led here to the hall of commerce this building has elaborate stained glass windows and as you step inside massive chandeliers and gold accoutrements throughout it looks like one of the most extravagant mansions you've ever seen far from a just a normal place of business and just the beginning of the wealth that flows through Yanmas. As you head towards the building to meet with the council, today, the day of your arrival, is the scheduled date of their usual meeting with Baron Custios. You meet with a pair of guards sporting bright red striped jackets out front with long swords at their hips and almost bucket-shaped rounded helmets mounted on their heads. We don't need our fancy clothes yet, do we? Yes. This is fancy. You would be with the. This fancy is fancy clothes. clothes. This is like into... no armor, no weapon. Okay. Yeah, that's. That a, that's it, I, I, I figured we will. Weapons. Weapons. Yeah, you get, is no, having a sword is fine, but like okay. you all are coming. Well, with... she got a sleek black dress. Put her hair up. Orange accents on it. Sword on the back, you know, because she has to have her sword. Yeah. This is. This would be day one of what you're arriving for. Uh. Is this here? And as you head inside. The guards introduce you to a halfling official, uh, a scribe, as it is. And he shuffles up to you, clearly a bit older, massive rimmed glasses perched on his face, and reaches his little hairy white hand, gnarled and twisted, up to shake to introduce himself. Ah, um, greetings, visitors. I've been informed... That you were going to arrive. You are the Princess Eutropia's delegation, yes? Yes. And he quickly takes each of your hands and shakes it. Ah, yes, my name is Gregor Hamble. I'll be your assistant for the evening, walking you through the the meeting and the, the goings-on of the mercantile. Uh, of course, you had an appointment, so I mean, all your papers are already in order. Everything appears to be 
To the letter. Oh, fantastic. You, I'd like to thank you for uh, doing all of the documentation in advance, of course. It makes our job here mm. much simpler. Of course. Now, there has been a bit of a problem this evening. Our Baron will not be attending. Oh, no. We were desperately hoping to meet him. We did hear he was sick. Has there been some complication with that? Uh, yes, and I, I am afraid that his illness appears to have progressed uh, quite severely. He is bedridden. Uh, attended to around the clock by the clerics of the good church Rabadar, but unable to join us for our evening's meeting. So you'll be meeting with the Mercantile Council, but not the Baron himself tonight, I'm afraid. Oh, well, we uh, we do hope that you will pass on our well wishes um, for his uh, speedy recovery. I, I, he and the city of Yadmus appreciate your consents. Thank you. Now, uh, we have plenty of room at the table. Uh, there is another guest group in attendance here. Uh, you'll be seated with Earl Mercondis and Lieutenant Tejar. Wonderful. Excellent. Now, obviously, Kahina, you would recognize Mercondis. All of you would, briefly. Uh, he had appeared at the Jubilee when he'd first arrived in Marat, and you hadn't really had a whole lot of opportunities to meet or get introduced with him, but you had seen enough to tell quite clearly that Kahina does not like this man. Like, the smile on my face is just so fake and it's plastic. It's almost terrifying. <laughs> DC 5 sense motive to tell that. DC 0 sense motive to, to tell I that. I have a very good bluff. It seems genuine. It is very much not. No. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, sitting down, she's got Dara's hand or her nails in Dara's knee uh, on one side and Baylor on the other. Just you're like standing going, in the, the entryway of this, uh, this, uh, this Okay, so you're all standing she's got her nails like in Nell's back. She's just like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. like, why didn't I wear my armor? Why didn't I wear my armor? I've got my shield on my back as well as the spear and the sword. I've got all my fancy looking equipment. <laughs> That's it. Kaina keeps itching her hand to the sword and Nell's like, quit it. You can't. You can't kill him, quit it. Now, Dara, you would recognize the name Tachar. Uh, in your basic training after you joined the military, you had served with him. And the two of you had been sent together to a military base outside of Apara for your station uh, before you went your separate ways after retirement when you went to serve with the recruitment and kind of become the, the face, the poster child. And you hadn't just kind of fell out of contact with him. It happens. When you're not around people anymore, sometimes you just kind of fall out. Especially when you live in a place that doesn't have cell phones. But you remember him as a good friend. A bit gruff and very serious, but so are you. That's why you got along so well in the first place. <laughs> he is a, a fairly humorless man, and honestly, that was what you liked about him. You mean someone to tell jokes to? Oh no. <laughs> I would like well, to hope that we Dara loosen Dara this. up The rest a bit. of you wouldn't recognize the name Lieutenant Tachar at all. This is uh, this would just be someone Dara knows. Now, Hamble would continue here. Now, uh, fortunately, you already know that the, the Baron's absence is not terribly surprising, but the city is in capable hands with the Mercantile Council. Uh, truly, they're the ones who pass most of the general legislation and deal, deal with the day-to-day -day diplomacy and meetings and law-making of the city. So, truly, they are the ones that you would be here most 
normally to meet anyway. Now, of course, the Baron himself wields the formidable influence. He has the power to veto any of their decisions, but it's one that's rarely exercised. The Mercantile Council does a good enough job of serving the city. Of course. Now, I see uh, you're familiar with the Earl Mercandus. Are you from the Southwestern Talor as well, then? Uh, yes. We, we are, I've a par and cast may be southwestern. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we we are indeed. Ah, of course. Well, fantastic timing for both of you to uh, arrive simultaneously, then catch up with yourselves as well as meet the Mercantile Council of the city. Now, please, the session has already begun. I understand your journey has been long, and the Earl has already had his time to speak with the councilman himself. So, if you will follow me, please. Of course. And the little fairly excitable halfling leads you. In uh, around a few corners and down some halls, but finally into a fairly massive chamber. Uh, it looks almost like a dining hall with several chandeliers and a line supplementing the light streaming in through the high stained glass windows set all around the outside. This cavernous chamber is the seat of the Commerce Hall, and it is nearly barren save for an immense oval table uh, oval table taking up almost all of the room's space I think we're talking like knights of the round here this is that kind of a meeting chamber a throne like chair gilded with and set with red velvet cushions lies vacant at the far end of the table but most of the room's other chairs are occupied uh, in ornate in ornate padded chairs coming down the sides from that abandoned throne are the five principles a human man wearing ostentatious jewelry. A half-elven woman with well-tailored, surprisingly simple clothing. A fairly handsome human man with the regalia of a high priest of Abadar, clearly evident with the symbol of the golden key hanging around his neck. A uh, narrow-faced, fairly worried-looking human woman. And surprisingly, a halfling woman sat in one of the prominent chairs at the head of the table. Uh, several other well-dressed people occupy the next dozen chairs coming down the table from them. These were our lesser members of the Mercantile Council, not the principal heads, but those who do still sway with their votes. And at the front of the table is an assortment of about eight plain, sturdy wooden chairs. Near one end are set two men, the first of which... You would all recognize from the Jubilee in Marat, Earl Mercantus. <laughs> the sigh. The sigh already, just as the token comes up. Now, Earl Mercantus is not a terribly looking man. He has lived a fairly well-set life and looks it. He is well-groomed and handsome. A man of endless charm and a brilliant intellect. He is sat with a pointed brown goatee and his hair nicely, smoothly done back. The silver tiara set around to hold it all in place. He's wearing a fairly ornate leopard printed fur coat draping down over a navy blue suit underneath it. And he turns uh, along with everyone else in the chamber to make eye contact with the party as you enter. Set 
next to him is about as close as you can get to the complete opposite of that. Uh, what appears to be a middle-aged hu uh, human male with just very shortly cropped brown hair and an almost haphazardly shaven beard. This Dara, you would recognize as Lieutenant Techar, but the rest of you would have no idea who this is. He has a, a fairly simple olive cloak around his shoulders and still wears his breastplate emblazoned with tall colors. His military garb, just as Dara had worn his in here as well. As you enter the room, all eyes are upon you for a moment before Gregor, uh, Gregor introduces you again. Good sirs and ladies of the Mercantile Council, serving in the service of Murat, uh, uh, in service of the Evan Prefecture, Yanmus, and Taldor at Hull, may I introduce the Diplomatic Council from the Lady Eutropia. I have traveled long from the southwestern coast to meet with you, and are glad that you would grant them audience. And he turns back to you. You may take any of the seats here at this end of the table. Fortunately, we have enough of them, just barely. I'll take the seat right close to uh, Tetra. Uh, Tetra is sitting on the end. So it's Tetra uh, and Mercondus and then six seats. Okay. Gonna move to make sure Kahina can sit further away. Yeah, same. He's got to build a barrier. Yep. I'll take the seat right beside of our opposition, I guess. I know he's going to lean in the casino. There's enough seats for you to right. leave a seat between the group of you and Mercondus and Tejar. No. He's also publisher right next to him. He's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> We're going to be friends. Kena, so count to four. Breathe. Count to four. One, two... Count to like 367. Four. <laughs> Dara, I will smack you. Five. The chamber is very silent. Other than the gentle scuffing and movement of the wooden chairs as you maneuver yourselves into your seats and prepare to address the council. As you all take your seats, the man nearest the throne, the first one in the ostentatious jewelry, stands up and gestures to the empty throne next to him. Given Baron Kustios's continued absence, I'd like to call this meeting to order in his stead. We know that much of Taldor is currently in political turmoil, but we have pressing problems close to home. Yanmus suffers under the grip of several troubles, and our discussion today must confront these. First, of course, the matter of the Baron himself. Terrible, unsavory nightmares have haunted many of our citizens. Some of us here even have had them. I understand their cumulative effect is crippling to both morale and our booming economy. Second, the good Talden Horse Cavalry Regiment that protected our city has in large part vanished. This leads to our third related issue, the rise of banditry on the Eastern Plains. Kadiran bandits, specifically preying upon good Talden trade. And the 
fourth, uh, the, the narrow-faced woman near the end interjects. I'll trade, to be frank. Kelashite and Talden alike. And the priest stands and uh, speaks. Let me find, I got so many tokens, I'll make sure I get the right tokens for the right people here. Why do I not have the priest's token? Stand by! He stands up, definitely as a person that exists and has a token. Oh, he's that guy. Okay, never mind. His name on there is different than it is everywhere else. That's because it's, he's always just referred to as his title. Uh, the Abadaran priest, who seems to be one of... Surprisingly young for his station here on the council. As uh, another thing, although it's not a clear threat. The cult of the Twilight Child and the Encircling Power. Good citizens are joining this mystery cult. And perhaps it's as benign as the rumors say, but we can't ignore a new philosophy that's ensnaring so many of our citizens. Then the half-elf interjects, Religion ever reigns in your mind, enumerator. But people aren't suffering from the cult as they are the other troubles. And the halfling sits up straighter in her chair, which you note is a good foot taller than the rest of theirs, almost a bar stool up against the table to get here near to their height. She speaks up. Ah, uh, esteemed guest, Earl Yonder Macondas, assures us that he already has a group of troubleshooters acting to alleviate all of these concerns. But so long as Yonder suffers, so does trade, and therefore, so do we. And then the first man near the head of the table, still standing, nods. These are all, of course, very serious concerns to the city. But we have another set of guests. The diplomats from Lady Eutropia down in Opara have come to meet with us. Now, the floor is yours. And he sits back down. Good sirs and madams, we thank you very much for receiving us and letting us come and represent uh, our princess, who wishes deeply she could come herself, but is unable. We have heard uh, some, your concerns and some some very troubling things, especially with the Baron's health and now nightmares and various other things. We would much like to uh, help uh, in any way that we can. Uh, we have, uh, recently, uh, the group of us were dispatched to uh, help, in a similar fashion, several people of uh, Murak County um, with uh, everything from bandits to giant spiders uh, to curses uh, that we were able to uh, help uh, and uh, mend some of the troubles of the people there. We would much like to uh, extend our help with these uh issues that you seem to be having as well, as well as uh, speak of uh, some wonderful new trade opportunities that have opened uh, in Marat, as well as some other places under the uh, care of the of the uh, Lady Utropia. We thank you for your punctual arrival just in the city's time of need. Truly, we can see here before us what makes the nation of Taldor so strong, even so far removed from the coasts and the business of Opara and Casimir. And it's like when the city of Yanmus suffers, the hands of goodwill outreach from across Taldor. The Lady Eutropia has sent her allies to assist us. The good Earl Mercondus has brought his solutions to the problem. 
allies from across this land have joined hands, regardless of their political or philosophical differences, to assist their neighbors in need. Now, with our issues laid out and with the good Baron's absence, I feel that the best way for us to address these varied problems our city now faces is to split into smaller groups so that we may discuss more personally and more directly how we can address or overcome the various ills that strike our city. And with that, he reaches down and grabs a little gavel on the table and hits it a couple times. This dude's like 60 feet away from you in the distance, so it barely rings out to the room. More, more of a symbol than an actual call to order is the room other than a speaker is silent. And with that, all of the various councilmen push back and stand up from the table, as does Earl Mercondus and Lieutenant Tachar. And everyone begins to mingle and move to more directly discuss the city's problems more personally. And as they do, again, Hamble, your little half-elf assistant here, speaks up. I would... Not to interject in here, your jobs, of course, but I would recommend you take the opportunity to speak with the principals of the Mercantile Council directly. Uh, this is a good time for you to further investigate the woes of the city and hopefully find the resources that you and the Lady Eutropia seeks from us. That seems to be a lovely idea. Baylor, would you, who would you suggest, which, which problem do you suggest that maybe we should look further into first? But that's, I... I think the problem we should look into first is that I have to pee. Because it's definitely, <laughs> it's uh, break time. It's definitely break time. about breaking time. <coughs> so how about, before we go further... So you are left now with a room open to your disposal. Uh, there are quite a few people walking out. Let me see what the total number is for I just say numbers that are wrong and have to retcon... What generation of Lothian Bartleby is 37 more times. Um, that was one time. There's 18 members of the Mercantile, or 19 members of the Mercantile Council. 18 of them are here. The Baron is absent, which usually makes 20. So there's 18 of these guys. You, five, Mercandus, and Tanchar. So that's a fairly big room. It's still fairly open. Most of the people are still around the table in a smallish groups, but obviously the ones that you are going to be most interested in are the five principles that you saw at the end of the table. So, party, what are we doing? Um, Dara immediately wants to, as people are getting up, uh, I'm going to go over to try and intercept Merkanda and Lieutenant Tara and try and keep them here. Occupied. Occupied. Mm. Good idea. So you uh you split off immediately and stop Mercandus and Tatre. And I'm yeah, I'm going to walk up and uh, hold out a hand for Lieutenant to uh Tachara. Tachar. You're like uh, what was it? Tachar. Tachar. Yeah, we put it in the chat here so you can see it. Tachar. Okay. And that's Mercandus is the only one there. So then I roll 20 chat now so you can see him. Oh, perfect. Um, I'll put out a hand to... Do I have journal entries for them? I don't think... Oh, right. 
we're on roll 20 and there's this cool stuff. Ah. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> remember these exist because these are so super useful. I'm not, I'm still not used to us using the, uh, the special fancy campaigns. I think I actually do. So let me give you, oh God, I just hate this guy's face. Just, <laughs> here's a one entry for Earl Mercondus for you. I want to punch him. Who? Ha, I mean, I can't even blame punchable. you. Yeah, He's he got the most punchable face I've ever seen in my life. Like that is the so grand good to punch him. king of face punch. And I have nine strength, and I can understand the urge to want to punch that. Uh -huh. <laughs> Let me uh -huh. also give you in your notepads here access to Lieutenant Grammel Tachar. Basically, who, Dara without a beard. Again, at the moment, <laughs> Dara is the only person who recognizes or knows Tachar at all. Uh, the rest of you only recognize him because you only, he's even only notable to you at all because he is next to Mercondus. Well, the the guy mentioned his name and we see oh, him with Mercondus. So. But that's all you know about him. So you move up and you, you, you put a hand out for Tachar to take a shake and he just kind of looks at you for a second with exactly that face. <laughs> That's exactly what his face looks like. He reaches out a gloved hand. It takes yours. Shakes it briefly. So he, uh, let's go. And Iconis interjects. Oh, and it Tachar, I didn't know that you were familiar with the good tribune of Stockies in, back in Marat County. Yes, uh, Earl Mercandes, it... It has been a while since we have spoken. How have you been? Oh, I've been very busy, you see. There's a, a lot of problems that have been left unanswered during the Stavian rule across Taldor, and Pythereus and I are doing our best to bring peace back to the people. How was herding goats or whatever it was you were doing? Very difficult and time-consuming. But what needed to happen got done. I'm glad we are moving on. This town is much more to my liking. So are the people here. That's uh, very good to hear, Sir Rostam. Oh, if you'll excuse me. Yeah. He turns and just walks away from you. And as he does, Tachar still looks at you for a second. You don't need a sense motive to tell this dude's pretty unhappy with you, but you don't know why. Because as far as you can remember, you left in perfectly good terms with him. You were friends last you know. Where he turns on his heel and follows Mercandus further into the chamber. Uh, I think Dara might reach out as he's turning to follow him, reach out and grab his arm. Uh, I might reach out and grab his arm and be is everything alright? I do not remember any ill will against uh, between us. I'll pull his uh, I'll pull his arm out of your grip. They're not personal. This is how you take your fame. You go to your head. You get one glimpse of glory down in Opara, and you forget everything Pythereus and the military done for you. Now you're here as Utopia's lapdog. Does it look like I have forgotten? Look what I am wearing. I am part. I respect the military as much now as I did before. Oh no! Outright, you know you believe the words you're saying, Dara. 
Seven I years. You've seen what Pytherius has done, not just for us, but for all the good people of Taldor. You take the one woman standard and strip all that away from him. I believe he is a, a fantastic ruler for the military. But at, as Taldor has stood for, for ages, it is not the military's place to rule all of Taldor. The military's place is to rule the military. He takes a step up a little closer to you. Grits his teeth. It's like a couple inches from your face. He's a bit taller than you. He's kind of looking down at you. How quick it is we forget where we're from. We seem to misunderstand each other. But I wish you I wish you the best as you follow your path. He turns and goes off to follow Mercandus. And so the rest of the party, you've been starting to move to wherever it is you want, would see this exchange with Dara and this guy taking a fairly aggressive pose with them. Clearly not friends. Yeah, Nori was definitely paying a close attention to that interaction. And they're not like whispering or anything, so if you're nearby, you could have just heard that whole conversation. But Dara rejoins the group. <laughs> Trouble in paradise. Um, paradise might not be the best word, but he was actually a military friend from a while back. and That's a friend of yours? Not by that body language. He was at one point a friend of mine, but as such, the route I have taken has alienated me from many of the older friends that I have. I was hoping that he might not hold it personally against me. It doesn't seem like that is the case. In any case... Yes, I also, I also figured that out. We should probably move swiftly in order to make our rounds and make our personal introductions. Split up or stay together? I was, uh, I was actually um, trying to stall them while you guys did your ah. stuff. I'm, I'm assuming that this <laughs> this exchange between them only took like that was as quick as it was little play. It was yeah, like, it was. <laughs> well, that wasn't a lot of time, but didn't okay. Hold them for long, unfortunately. Was the halfling one of the main people? Yes, the halfling is one of the principals. Everyone that spoke during that introduction was one of the five principals. I'm gonna point in that general direction of the halfling and say I'm going that way. Okay, who's going to babysit now? I will. I'll take it. Excellent. Baylor, do you have your eyes set on anybody in particular? The priest of Abadar. That's what. Where I wanted to head. Okay. Oh, Nori. Was, uh, did you say you're going to babysit now or did Dara? Uh, I'm, I'm going with uh, no. Where are you going, Dara? Because it's everybody else. You want to go to the mm. Abadar and priest or you want to go to the halfling? Uh, or do you want to go do your own thing? I was going to go... I was thinking about going to talk to the one person that had the planar clothing on. Okay. Uh, the only human woman. Uh, Kahina will go with... Um, uh, Kahina will go Baylor. So... Who wants to go first? Because you're all going places together separately. 
I'll go first. So Nell, Let's do it. Nell and Inori approach the halfling and a small group of the other lesser mercantile members. Uh, Mercandes and Techar seem to have gone a different direction. They're talking with the uh, the man who had been presiding over the thing by the throne. They've gone off separate away from you guys for now. But as you approach, she turns, smile on her face, energetic as halflings always are, and does like a half bow, half curtsy as you arrive. Ah, the diplomats, of course. Welcome to the good city of Yanmas. I do apologize for the situations you've arrived in. Uh, truly, our city does not normally suffer such troubles. Honestly, we're just happy that we're here to help. No, no matter what issues may preside, we'll make sure to find a solution for you all. It's been a right mess. Uh, it's a rare situation that the Mercantile Council ourselves can't even decide on a raw course of action, but uh, truth be told, we've got different uh, differences in interests. Uh, without the Baron here, it's been more butting heads than making actual progress. Yeah, it's usually the way that politics go. A bunch of heads get in a room can't really settle on anything. I don't see any holy symbols among the Ladia. You're not... Well, followers of the cloth and the Temple of Abadar? I practice light worship of Shalem, but I'm not a highly religious individual. I don't mean to speak ill of the man himself, but his, his priorities drive me mad. Uh, the chief enumerator, he wants nothing more than to, to investigate the, these, these cults. This twilight child. Whereas, as far as it's plain to see, for anyone here in the city, they've done nothing but spread joy and happiness. Uh, they sent it together in some community for the, even the downtrodden, the, the merchant, for everyone. They've been doing nothing, nothing but good for us. And yet, outside the uh, Temple of Abadar, where the chief enumerator himself presides over business, they got pairs and trios of shady figures lurking around in every alleyway nearby. I don't know if he's trying to deflect, or if he knows more than he lets on, but it's impossible to get business done here. Well, what do you think about that situation? I think it's all the right mess, honestly. I haven't got, had the opportunity. Uh, we're very busy, of course, dealing with everything that's gone wrong, but I haven't had any chance to look in on the cult themselves. Uh, they, they, again, they seem like a well-enough-meaning sort. I mean, they're open about it. Uh, you hear all these tales of uh, cults from the books and stories, adventures, even down from the coast of these, these shady figures with their daggers, but no, they're very open sort. They're only a cult because the enumerators label them as such. And so by the strictest I... possible definition, I guess, it's technically a cult. It's a, a splinter offshoot of Abadaran worship. But, I mean, no harm. What kind of good deeds have you said they, that they've been doing around the town? Anything in particular? I do service. I've done more service for the town than near anyone. Uh, committee outreach projects, uh, bringing up the wash down the center of town, and cleaning up the stills as well as they can. Uh, oh, wow. We've had them repaving roads, filling gaps. They've re-roofed uh, one of my own ranch's uh, sheds. Uh, ain't no cost, just to help. Really? Wow. Honestly, it doesn't sound far off from what we had to do to help out the people in Stockies. True. Uh, and you ask me... They're doing more for the city than the proper temple and the enumerator's men are. Uh, what with not willing to help the poor if they ain't got the coin for it. I just don't understand the... Uh, the priorities boggled the mind. We're being besieged by bandits left, right, and center. And he wants to investigate a bunch of well-meaning folk interpreting the order of numbers slightly differently than he'd like to see it done. 
Speaking of the bandits, how come that um, hasn't really been a- addressed? How long has it been going on? Uh, uh, near a month now, I think. it's It's been a while. And the Firewatch does a good job of keeping us safe uh, inside the city. The problem is more the caravans running outside. Hmm. Well, I mean, the bandit issue itself wouldn't be terribly hard to deal with. Speciality. We're fairly... Yeah, we're fairly skilled at, at dealing with these types of issues. I want to extend an apology. Not on behalf of myself or even the Mercantile Council, but on behalf of the misguided people of Yanmas. Until you blend in well enough, but friends, the Kadirin, Osirian, these bandit attacks, these Kadirin raiders, these terrorist groups, what it is, They've under, been underlying the good faith of the people of the city. Don't hold it against them, and I hope your friends don't either. It's people kinda, are bound to make rash decisions and form opinions. This from kind of trouble brings out the worst in people. I will give you. Pretty sure I have. Do I actually even? I don't even have a. A little NPC panel for all the various... Uh, I just have one that I can give you to take notes on. It's just for Lord Atun, who is the main guy. And uh, you can just put all your notes for the Mercantile Council on there. Because they only get a journal entry if they have art. And he's the only one that got art. So <laughs> he won the art lottery. He's the leader. He gets the art. So I'm going to just... change the name of this handout to... Just change it to Mercantile Council, yeah. Yeah. Alright, so while you're speaking with the halfling and trying to pick up anything you can learn there. What was her name? Her name was Lady Haliana Cobbin. I like that name. Haliana. It's good. I'll go ahead and put that in the great name of lists that's growing in our roll 20 uh, thing here. And then the rest of name you. Name of lists. Name of lists. Shh. List of names. Don't make fun of me. I'm trying to read six documents at once and roleplay like five NPCs that just showed up. Calm down, Baylor. I'm thinking about a lot of stuff right now. So uh, the rest of you guys wanted to go talk to the human woman, right? No, I, I to think... talk to the priest of Abadar. Oh, priest Dara of Abadar. Was... No, Dara wanted to talk to the human woman. Well, which do you guys want to go next? Priest or human woman? You guys can go talk to the priest first. We're going and talking to the priest then. Mm -hmm. So, you two, Baylor and Kahina, approach the cleric of Abadar, and he is only standing with a pair of other lesser members of the uh, of the Mercantile Council. Not, but didn't move far from the head of the table, or he's still standing pretty close to the guy who's uh, leading the whole thing. And as you approach, he puts his uh, robed hands together. There's a quick bow, as do the other two council, uh, lesser council members with him. Huzzah! Uh, Envoys of the Lady Eutropia was the Stavian line. We thank you for your arrival in these trying times and do truly apologize for any difficulties you may have while we're dealing with these assorted woes. It's been such a mess. A shame to see Yanmas in such a state. 
Not the doll. Can always be cleaned. We did our fair share of that, uh, even for the Church of Abadar in um, Stockies. It's such a poor reflection on the city itself and its people to welcome such esteemed guests in a state like this with banditry and heresy flowing freely through our streets. Banditry we are quite familiar with. What interests me more is this cult you speak of. I, I worry sometimes that even that usually if it's too good to be true as far as free healing and good deeds, usually it is. Every time I hear them brung up, it's nothing but assurances that there is nothing bad about them. And that in and of itself, I think, is worrying. And completely disregarding the fact that they're named the same thing as the book is, their growth has been unparalleled. <laughs> They've risen up from nothing that was just... I thought I heard you right, but then I was like, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he did. You have no respect for yourself, sir. I was about to ask, is there a holy text of Abadar known as the Twilight, the Twilight Child, Child, or was that completely like there, there could be a chapter in the order of numbers called the twilight how, Child. hey how long did we go before we realized stockies was named after an abadarian oh, and, uh, that is fair your first brush with not understanding this worst of abadar at all anyway uh he continues their growth has been unsettling at least as you say it's charlatans and grifters that offer easy solutions to life's difficult problems and questions. And to slip in so ubiquitously with the people, so widespread so quickly, raises concerns. These cultists, they sure seem benign, but I'm uncomfortable with their presence all the same. If for no other reason than the public perception that it's a, a sanctioned offshoot of the worship of Abadar, which it very much is not. How are they draw drawing parallels to this first, uh, it being an offshoot, for say, if they aren't sanctioned by the church? Well, gold-fisted, forgive me. I haven't walked, uh, worked up the courage to attend one of their ceremonies myself. Nor am I sure I would be welcomed if I did. I'm well recognized as the chief enumerator of Abadar here in the city. And it is by an insurmountable margin the greatest facet of worship of our good city. I don't know what parallels they draw directly, as I don't know the specifics of their teachings. Only that that's the word of the street. They're being associated with the proper texts and the proper teachings of law and civilization. Well, they may be well and good, and they may be teaching good things, but public perception is important. And having them associated with our church and our righteous worship, whatever their intentions, does not do us well. It's often too easy to twist written law and scripture to make it fit the way you want it to. 
Many much less benign cults have used such a task, indeed. It sounds like you need someone who is not as recognizable in this city to go and have a look into this and then to report back and let you know exactly what things entail. And we would be happy to do so for you. And at that sliding in from an adjacent conversation, Earl Mercandus steps forward. And as he does, his hands folded, he smiles and nods as you finish your statement. He's a respectfully, sir, counselor, political leanings aside, you do well to be wary with these loyalists. You may have missed the news with all this trouble much closer to home and these cult activities, but they come directly from a county they've conquered by force. Uh, this delegation in particular just arrived from Marat to the south. Well, they deposed the standing count, a good man, and a count, no less, with military force. He didn't agree with Eutropia's sympathies. Now she rules his domain personally. I'm so sorry that the Earl here has heard such horrible and false stories. It is true that one Lothied was deposed as the caretaker of an estate that rightly belonged to the Stavians, but be rest assured that his sister Lothied is taking care, and he has retired back to and his yeah, the, the family's home. Puts his hands but up not there. that politics has anything to do with what we're currently discussing, which is to find out about this cult that is currently worrying our dear Church of Abadar, which we have gratefully I served in the county of Marat. see that clearly this is a matter between the pair of you, and I shall leave you to your discussions. But thank you for your interest in our city's woes. And he, uh, and the, the pair of other associate counselors like, physically turn and move a bit away from you, leaving just the pair of you with Mercandus and now Tejar at his side. Tejar just kind of standing there, arms crossed, and Mercandus with a smile on his face. And he turns to you directly. Perhaps you're clumsy attempts at diplomacy would be better served in a more fit city. You may find this one too rough and slanderous for your delicate ideals. Or did you simply plan on strong-arming the council to your side too, here too? Would I be able to overhear any, any of this? Or would I be uh, too far? You would not be near enough to this now. You're on the other side of the, the okay. room there. I'm sorry that I don't have to resort to such horrible pettiness like yourself in order to get the things that I want. I hope you have a great day. She's just going to turn around and and make her way to Gavel Boy. Yeah, he, and he nods and bows out as well. And you head over to uh, Lord Atun. But let me hop over to Dara here. Zara chose to go speak to the human woman, the uh, Lady Rowles, as it is. As you approach her, she has a, a narrow face and almost, like, it is so slender built in such a thin frame as to almost appear elven. But that's just, just it's like, a, what was that lady in the first book that Anori was good friends with? That one senator. 
Marquez de Champ. De Champ. Yeah, it looks a lot like her. She's just very. I remember because she was my only friend. (laughs) (laughs) Did she make it through the exaltation day? Yeah, you. She She did. Yeah, we talked to her. Very definitely talked to her. She was a pathfinder. And uh, as Dara approaches her, she nods. Sir Rostam, I'd first like to thank you for your service to the nation of Taldor on behalf of our military. And I can only take the liberty of assuming that you've joined this delegation hearing of the trouble with our local military closer to home. Yes, I was very concerned about hearing that they have all but disappeared. I have heard tales of how uh, adept these men were at working, and it is surprising and concerning that they are no longer around. The Talden horse was one of the more elite arms of the nation's cavalry, and their disappearance, if nothing else, is certainly alarming. Regardless of what else the good Lord Atun and enumerator of Abadar believe to be concerns of the city, clearly there is one problem at the forefront of all of our minds. My heart bleeds for the deposed, uh, or for the, the, not deposed, the, uh, but I can't think of the words. I'm going to go ill. Uh, Baron. And I wish him a swift recovery and his ability to rejoin us here soon to continue to take the reins of this good city and lead it to prosperity. But the disappearance of the Talden horse has led to this rise in banditry and this cell of these Kadirans, whatever their cause and wherever their home, could not operate here if we were still under their protection. Surely direct attacks on the lifeblood of our city, the caravans that come through our walls, should be our most pressing concern. Well, and as it affects all of your people and their safety, it is of paramount. Have you heard anything or had any investigations uh, follow through with any pertinent information? We have begun some investigations but we've turned up very little as far as we can tell the entire battalion appears to have disappeared overnight into the air there's they're not dead they're simply gone no bodies not even their arms armor and horses all have disappeared as if into thin air as if to another dimension i'm far from familiar with magic of course but it's hard not to blame it given the situation Yes, we, I've run into a couple disturbing occurrences of magic and it would not be far off. I am interested to see what could have taken them by such surprise. Is there stuff, do you know if all of their belongings are still there or if it is just them and their steeds? Everything has disappeared. Their outpost is abandoned, as if they'd never been there. There were some basics uh, of course like cutlery and dishes rations and waters uh, left around some of their saddles and basic gear and some spare arms there are, are, are some things but all personal effects all major weaponry and all of them and their horses vanished were there any intermediate or uh, intermediary uh, servants or people who worked with them regularly that noticed anything amiss? My supply chains. I will admit they divested 
personal interest in this matter, as well as what is good for the city. But regardless of my stakes in blacksmiths, armorers, and equestrian gear, and I maintain most of the supply chains of metals and armaments through the city. And I do have a contract, and I supply the Talden Horse directly. It was I who first brought this to the Council's attention. Their disappearance was startling. They've broke ties with me in, in their disappearance, so if they're still even being supplied, it's by someone different. And is anybody else guarding the city now? We have the Firewatch, bless their hearts. Were it not for them, surely we would have a difficult time, but they're far from trained to deal with the, the sheer scope of Yanmas's operations alone. They do well enough as a constable to, uh, as constables, and crime in the city is still largely manageable and under control. We've seen no major spikes here. These Kadiran raiders are attacking caravans outside of the city, on the roads leading to and from Yonmas, where the Firewatch just don't have the numbers to reach. Those are the areas the horsemen patrolled. I see. I'm glad we are not uh, attacked as we came in, but I can see how this is a serious concern for a tra trading city. It's near cut us off contact with Kazmaron, and it's not just Talden shipments, as Lord Atun would imply. The Kelids are being attacked in large numbers as well. Any shipments passing through the north, the east, even the few that come in from the west, out from Far Galt or Five Kings, from our trade supplies with the Dwarven nations, are being attacked regularly. They haven't yet been so bold as to attack the southern road, but if we lose our main lifeline back at the heart of Taldor, I shudder to think what will happen to our city. Well, we will certainly investigate it. We are very invested to see what has happened to such an essential part of uh, the military. So as you discuss with her and don't honestly really get a whole lot of, uh, of anywhere, no one's made great headway here so far. Kahina and Berlor decide to turn their attentions elsewhere as the, the enumerator no longer wishes to deal with whatever it is that's happening between you guys and Earl Mercandus. And you meet up now with Lord Atun nearby. And he nods briefly to both of you, one hand still on his jacket. As I... I'm afraid we didn't have proper time for introductions when you had arrived. I am Lord Rudigatun, Yanmas' largest spice importer, and people I had the pleasure of speaking with. I know you are diplomats and a council sent from the Lady Utopia herself to represent the Stavian line, loyalists, but I know not much more about you. Uh, Lady Emmetnego, uh, my... I uh, hail originally from uh, Osirian, descent, but uh, my parents uh, and family have been merchant traders throughout Opara for for as long as I can remember. Your father was a Sir Jaware Abendega, was he not? He was. I have. I have. I, 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 I realize I, this is such a sore, thing. I'm sure. Yeah, so it's a it's a rather touchy subject. I've tried to separate myself 
from the majority of that's part of my family at the moment and um, making my own way as it uh, would be. Very understandably so. Uh, the Earl Mercandus was just telling me of the charges of the treason he had been indicted of and the extent of his betrayal of the Talden nation. I wouldn't blame you for a moment for shunning that side of your family. Yes, it is. It's, uh, a, it's a true shame that we've the ability to pick our friends, but none to pick our family. It's very true, which is why I took up and decided to uh, lend my help and aid um, to uh, uh, Sir Rostam as well to show that I do support our military as uh, as needed, um, as well as um, to strike out on my own, um, oh. which is why I accompanied my friends to Marat. Of course. And Taldaris, bless us for both of our sakes and that mm -hmm. of Taldor. May that man rot away the rest of his days in Opara's dungeons. I... Uh can't imagine the depth of depravity one will have to descend to to commit treason against your own nation, uh, against the, the world that raised and molded you, and for mm. you to turn against it like so. Yeah, it's, it's I, hard. I do apologize. I, I This surely is a very touchy it's, subject. For and you. It mm. is, but we are honestly here to talk to you, to see what we can do and what I personally would love to do to offset my father's sins and help the country heal, which it desperately needs at this moment. And to hear of your of your Baron's uh, illness just struck my heart so because we had run a, a, a counter of some of the same things in Marat. You say nightmares and various other things for the people here? It's a true mess inside the walls of our good city these days. Fortunately, we are we are very lucky that we have been blessed by Earl Mercandus and his crew uh, that have arrived just in time to support us and help alleviate some of our woes. Uh, it's fortunate, well, unfortunate, I suppose, that our city is so forced to remain politically neutral in this growing conflict down the coast. But fortunate, at the very least, that the imperialists, if nothing else, have reached out to extend the hand of support. Uh, but it's good to see uh, that the Stavian line as well wishes to help its neighbors. Of course, the print, uh, the Lady Eutropia would do nothing less uh, for the land that she loves and cares about. Um, it, it is certainly a pleasure to hear. It's much more than I've heard of any loyalists stepping out of their comfort zone to intervene directly where there's problems rather than sipping their teas in Opara and Casimir pretending all things are... Oh fine as they are. It is good to know that at the very top, at least, there is some care. You will find that this group especially is extremely capable of dealing with such things as bandits. Um, and even, as you speak of, nightmares and whatnot almost sounds like possible curses. Uh, maybe dark magic? We've had... Magic, I know nearly nothing of. This is this is far from my wheelhouse. My area of expertise mm -hmm. is the spice trade. And may I see this extravagant dress that you have worn today? Well, thank I you. I consider myself a uh, connoisseur of fashion, nearly authority of culture here in Yanmas. Some that 
so far removed from the greater cities of Opara and Casimir, sometimes I feel we're just dramatically lacking. If that is a thing that interests you, while I do not deal with my family directly anymore, I do know some of my family's friends who have also separated themselves and we have kept in contact. If fashion is something you are interested in, uh, my my dear lord, I could definitely bring some Oparin and Castamirian charm to dear Yanmas. It is so difficult and for a fair to, price. to keep on the cutting edge of the fashions. Uh, we were so far removed from the major hub of Apara. Uh, it's a few weeks of a transport just to get something tra shipped up here. And I would extend the same invitation to you that you would visit uh, my warehouse down on the southern end of Coinside near the canal. Atun's Inn Ports. It bears my family name. As anything you're hoping to uh, receive in Yanmas, the latest fashions, garbs, attires, Everything in the season is we're moving to summer now, and of course, the entire wardrobe, you just throw it out, really. Nothing applies anymore. Exactly. It gets so hot, and you just long for something with a sheer sleeve so that you can breathe, and a nice fan as well. And you'll find nothing further on the front edge of culture than you will down at my family's establishment. I look I've, forward We've run the spice trade for generations, of course, but... Recently, I've taken the helm and expanded our ventures further. There's so much more room in Yanmas. It's such a voided market. Uh, it's only the outsiders like yourself and Earl Makandas who seem to even care a, a moment for the goods of fashion. I mean, look at, bless her heart, Lady Rawls as she gestures to Dara and the plainest dressed person <laughs> in the room saying, talking to each other. I mean, she commands considerable wealth, of course, and her armories are, are boundless. Her, her supply, her, her chains supply most of the iron and steel for the entire city, but... Oh, that dress. I understand, as you can see, our dear Sarastam, Tribune of Stockies, and yet, still a soldier. So... I, I understand uniform. the struggle. So he knew he was coming to meet with a, a mercantile council, the leaders of the city. And he wears a soldier's uniform, but the same can be said of Mercandus's man. This you you just—it's so hard to take the soldier out of the man. It just—I've—I've I've tried. I've it's tried. like they can't even see. It's I wonder. I—I I can't figure. They'd better look at themselves in the mirror. It's—it's. It's, we just, I, I, one step at a time, I'm, I'm gradually introducing, attempting to introduce new items to his wardrobe. I, I hope, and Shellen help me, I hope one day something sticks. Make that me, I can present some art. Make me a diplomacy check here. Because you're so far the only person who's really got into something that the council, counselor cares about. So give <laughs> me, give me a diplomacy. All right. Not a one. There's a one uh, in that. There, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a one in most. The 12 on the die and the 31 there, but that ends up being a fairly good roll. We'll take that. 31's pretty hot diplomacy. Uh, so, as your conversation continues here, he starts to divulge a little more information. So, I, I must admit, there's an, been an interesting series of coincidences about many of the ills that have befallen Yanmas. Hmm. 
most of the trade that comes in from the eastern lands, from Kazmaron, and often across the Whistling Plains, is brought in from Kethered Lands. And much of that is supplying various businesses and the counselors here on this this fine mercantile bench who support the loyalist uh, faction and then the Stavian line. It, it does seem that these bandits have much more disproportionately affected them. But I, I dare say that's just due to the source of their supplies, whereas much of the businesses that want to keep their their goods and work within Taldor, shipping from Opara and Casimir, coming out the lifeline from uh, from the south. But without the Taldin horse, an, an entire Kadiran raider cell would surely perform fine raiding further down the southern roads. So it's interesting they choose to remain so long on the easy pickings, so it is out to the east. The, but I suppose they wish to stay out of the limelight so our military return to us. And once Pytherius has hold of the nation, we're reinforced. Surely they'll want to be able to turn tail and run as quickly as they can. This is true. We also uh, encountered something slightly similar in Marat, where there was a uh, bandit enclosure. Um, it seemed that they would prey on some of the weaker and then by uh, capturing add to their own ranks. So it could be some of that as well if you're picking off the smaller tradesmen and then especially if they tradesmen with their families or whatnot would keep families locked up and threatened in order to force no. other ones to become that bandits themselves. would explain a lot. The trade caravans that are attacked are rarely found with any survivors. That's Perhaps they're not all killed, but simply press ganged, like like it's the shackles. <sighs> Gods <sighs> forbid, those hats. There. Have you seen... I don't know how much opportunity you've had working for Utropia to keep up on the greater of the inner sea regions, but there's... It's become a style across large swaths of Rahad Doom, even into the Gurundi lands, and it's starting to eke into Absalom, and I can't stand it. All because that damned pirate king, this Anzu, and his tri-cornered hats, they look utterly ridiculous. It's appalling. Several of my... Uh, several of my uh, far, like, twice-removed cousins and stuff. The the they man have takes told command me of, of a band of pirates, puts on a ridiculous hat one time, and suddenly all are leaping over themselves to imitate such insane fashion. Well, I understand you, why the man never left the shackles then. He couldn't bear to be seen outside of it. <laughs> you you should see some of my friends at uh, the Bard's College put on a fantastic play parodying him. Oh. It is absolute delight. If any, I, I've heard word of it, actually. It's it's an absolute delight. And if any of them, I might... I, Some of them are in desperate need of a, of a vacation. I would it love to It was the Canons of Cheliacs, yes? Yes. Yeah, yes. So I haven't had an opportunity to see it myself as I've, I've been dealing with everything here. But I, I understand there was a performance of it being put on here oh, just a few weeks ago, right when all of this started. Speaking of, coincidentally, I don't know if this is a lead worth investigation, but you seem a, a useful sort, the pair of you. Uh, he looks at Bela, who has just stood here silent the entire time, acknowledging that he exists, and turns back like, to I, I, I came to the wrong conversation. <laughs> I got lost. He's a puppy. Many of the troubles we have here started 
very shortly after a terrific new restaurant opened up further in town. It's called Savories. Have you, how, how, have you had much time to settle into our good city yet? Have you heard of I it? I have not. We, uh, we uh, frequented the restaurant right outside, right as we were coming in, but we hadn't made it into the city yet. It's actually just down the hill north of here on the road. Uh, if not worth any sort of investigation, at the very least, is an experience that must be tried. Absolutely must. We will have to tell Nell of this. They can eat quite a lot. So I would love to take them down there. <laughs> and and as this, this conversation continues, and Baylor's will to live continues to just slowly <laughs> drain out of them. <laughs> so it just wishes for death to take him from this plane. Bard is doing what Bard was making. Anything to do. that might be important and not <laughs> finding any of it. <laughs> it's like. <sighs> so I'll just quietly, I'm like, lean into Nell. I will give you 10 gold to go punch somebody in the face and liven this place up right now. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's uh, just it's just like the first time we met. Exactly. <laughs> well, not exactly. Let's hope it doesn't get to that, but true. The just... rest of you and your various groups talking with your counselors here. Uh, you have spoken with everybody but the half-elven woman now. Does anyone want to break off and go try to talk to her? I would like to do anything but what I'm currently doing, so... Go talk to the other half-elf! The Baylor's yeah. like, oh. Just turns and walks away from that. Does he even yeah. say anything or does he just turn and walk <laughs> away just from walk that? Away. I didn't even get to introduce myself. No! Baylor <laughs> takes a picture of Bartleby out of his jacket. He's it I just... miss you. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I miss you, Bartle. Like, where are the int modifiers? Which direction is that? So, you're going to head over to the half elf, and uh, as you approach her, she is with uh, probably the largest group of the associate councilmen here. You walk up, and she nods. Ah, you, I believe, from the paperwork. Uh, Sir Landless, pleasure to make your acquaintance. I'm Lady Amber Goob. And holds her hand up. I'll shake her hand. Like, pleasure to make yours as well. I understand the group of you have been sent up from Marat County to help in our time of need, as it is a group of diplomats? A mixed group, but more or less, yes. Most of my associates here, bless their hearts, have been very occupied with the Yanmas and the troubles here within our own walls and don't even take the proper time to read the documents that are being filed about our guests, but I assure you, you have not sent them to deaf ears or without purpose. I, at least, have prepared for our meeting. Now, I understood from your comrade here. This is Lady Abendego, I take it. And she gestures back towards a, what is the closest thing to Sir Crab that Kahina has come so far. <laughs> Just in the All corner. Fashion talk and... Literally talking fashion. 
Is is there a, is there a lady to this lord or no? I don't know. <laughs> That's something Kahina might want to know. <laughs> She's not married anymore. Uh, she was never married. From, from, from what I picked up from that guy, he might swing the other way. He might. I mean, that's true too. That's fine. Kahina can work with that too. Sister oh, Slay. Kahina's gates are open. I'm Sister Shook, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, she, uh, Lady Google nods and says, "Well." I hope that you understand that arriving here now, your plates are quite full. There's a lot of problems that have addressed the city, as Lord Tun was kind enough to largely outline for us. Does appear to be quite a bit of trouble going around. Quite a bit, but bandits are standard fare. Trade caravans are attacked day in and day out. It's simply a risk of the job. Those with the coin to hire enough mercenaries to keep themselves well protected succeed so far out here in the Whistling Plains, and those that don't know they're running this risk every day. This is simply business. Now, our primary concern here needs to be these nightmares. They are quite clearly not natural in their origin, and they have stricken the very Baron from his throne. Our city is but a headless serpent. It did seem the biggest concern to me. A plague of nightmares is surely not a natural occurrence. And something that must be investigated and dealt with post-haste. The bandits can wait. The disappearing cavalry, while problematic, is less concerning while we're a nation at peace. And while this increased volume of the attacks from the Kadiran raiders are a problem, that's something that can be matched by any man with a sword. These dreams are crippling our economy and our government. Now. They really have such a physical effect on those who have them. They do. And the fact that a nightmare can strike a man so ill he cannot leave his bed and that can happen to anyone in this city. Several of our councilmen themselves have experienced these depraved dreams. Fortunately, these effects were easy enough shook off. The severity seems to vary. Now, the good news is that I do have a lead for this. There's a local... Well, perhaps I do. There's a woman in town named Karadina Farkin. She's erratic, sort. Yeah. Sort of a conspiracy theorist. One of those who rants about the secret masters in town, the underground elven slavers, and lightly lines the walls of her house with lead. Well, she has disappeared. She was erratic and frankly annoying, but largely harmless, and I can't imagine that she's done anything that would have caused anyone to bear ill will against her. She, believe you me, kept to herself as much as heavenly possible. But I can't help but wonder if she may have stumbled onto something actually useful. Poked down the wrong hole as it is. Certainly a possibility. 
Anyways, the rest of these here haven't even taken the time to study the papers that you filed with us. I imagine they'll be more concerned with their own problems and lack of investigations to provide you with anything meaningful. But hopefully this can give you a lead to start with. That seems far better to me than asking around the streets at random. Or investigating a cult that does nothing but rebuild roads. So you do feel the cult is unrelated to this? Enumerator Polyeter can think of nothing past the golden roads of Abadar. Of course, he is a religious man who's been raised by the cloth and sworn to his holy calling since he was a child. I can't blame him, it's how he was brought up, but surely, with the things that we have to deal with here and Yonmas' current struggles, you can't seriously think a cult that's done nothing but improve the lives of our most downtrodden is the biggest problem to investigate. With so many problems occurring, it's a stretch to think that some of them may not be related. A sentiment that is shared by many here on the council, Sir Lamas, and a wise observation, surely. Just have to figure out where the pieces may fit together. But if they don't, there's no need to be forcing them into each other. Hopefully this Farkin may be able to provide some clues. I can provide you with her address if you wish to investigate. The Firewatch has been busy dealing with the more direct crimes in the city. Well, without the Talden horse to back them, they're far over their heads. Overwhelmed beyond their means. I can imagine so. I'd appreciate if you pass that information along to me. Of course. And uh, she'll step over to the big table where each of them has got a glasses of water and notepads and writing implements. Pick up a piece of parchment and start writing. And she'll hand you an address that you can use to find, to find the conspiracy theorists home. If any of the Firewatch trouble you, tell them they're on my authority. I wish to have this better investigated as, as it's to my knowledge, the best lead we have. Not much, but a start. Sometimes a start is all that's needed. But with that, the group of you have at least spoken with all of the five principals here in the Mercantile Council. And uh, in your conversations, you've had these various little associate councilmen around, but none of them contribute anything further beyond what the primaries had given you. They just are quite literally faceless NPCs going <laughs> around. Uh, and they don't have as much of an investment, nor do they have as much of the resources to be able to try to launch their own investigations or find any leads. They have far from the stakes that the primary council members have here. And they have far less to lose should trade begin to drop. And as you uh, finish your conversation with, uh, was it Lady Google there? Mercandus and Tachar step up to that group as well and uh, briefly introduce themselves again before Mercandus begins. Oh, good Councilwoman Google, I understand that you're helping to investigate this. 
terrible plague of nightmares in the city here. It is truly a concern. Now, I have un I've studied magic myself and have understandings of these arcane and divine sorts, as have my cousin Bravos. I've brought them in from out of town to be able to address these problems directly. And uh, Lieutenant Tachar here, and he motions to him, Lieutenant Tachar just brief nod with no real change in expression or words whatsoever, is more than confident in our ability to handle this situation in the coming days. We'll put your hearts at ease, my lady. Have no fear. And uh, Lady Google turns and nods her head and smiles. Well, thank you, Earl Mercandus. I appreciate all of the support that we can get in these times. We hope to have these dealt with as soon as possible. And truth be told, I have no real preference for how it gets done. Just that these nightmares are ended, and that our trouble's set to rest so the good people of this city can earn their honest coin. And Tanchar speaks up for the first time. Of course, my lady. We can investigate this sort. Get it figured out within the week. I'm trained for this. Oh, Mercandus, I wasn't aware you had interest in things of a magical nature. I can't help but assume you weren't aware of a great many things, Sir Landless. Yes, I have studied at the Bardic Colleges in Aparo, and have much magic behind the eye in my family's name. Hmm. Just found it interesting. Didn't seem the type. <laughs> Nor are you to think you can solve the city's problems. Not with this tag-tag group of usurpers from Marat County. I will say, pass my regards on to Miss Abendego. She's done a fantastic job of following in her father's footsteps. Just gonna shake my head at that. And he will turn and take his leave from that. So, party, around then, with not a whole lot else that you get from these uh, various principles, the council session starts to wind down, and your little halfling friend, Gregor Hanbel, pops back up, ready to escort you from the council chambers and out back into youngness. And as you leave, as I do very much hope that you had a, a pleasure meeting the mercantile council today i apologize again of course not just for the baron's absence himself but also for sir navian i hadn't expected his absence today i thought we had the rest of the council on deck sir who oh sir navin the uh, last of the associate councilmen the, the empty chair at the far end of the table oh uh what uh what area of trade does uh, he deal in? I seem to see that everybody seems to have their place in the city. Uh, Navin deals mostly, I believe, with butcheries. He, he runs a, a couple of hunter's lodges outside, and he overruns a decent amount of the meat supply through the city, but not all of it. Uh, the associate uh. councilmen don't have quite the hold over the economy of Yanmas. 
as the primaries do, of course, but they have quite decent empires and fortunes of their own, none, all the same. Uh, Still, people have to eat. And very much they do, and his lion steaks are among the finest in the towns. He, oh, did you come in here from the south, by chance? Yes. Did you have an opportunity on your way in? Uh, did, did you get to stop by Aziz's house? The restaurant we did. outside the walls? He supplies their meats. Uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity, but or how long you, you plan to stay, but you should very much try the seared lion if you have it. It's it was almost delicious. a specialty in Yanmas, and certainly a personal favorite. I, I quite enjoyed mine. Oh, you made fantastic choices then. Now, I don't know why he wasn't present today. I had no word that he was going to be stepping out of this one, but I would like to hope he's in good health. And if at any time you wish to meet with the Mercantile Council again, you need only leave a message with me and I'll have them assembled the next day. Oh, well, thank you very much. Of course, you're here as diplomats on behalf of the Stavian line. You have all rights to speak with the council and by all means, we're more than pleased to host you when we can. And I had a question, since you seem to know so much about the city, I would I would love yes. uh, for your counsel on this. Since we are staying and we are quite used to traveling together, after a while, just staying at inns just gets so tiresome with the comings and goings of so many people. You just wish for a bit of quiet. Is there, uh, or where would we go, or who would we see, or who would you suggest we see about uh, renting a home? Oh, for I have, uh, a fantastic amount uh, for that one. Uh, Lady Paulinus Corvina, uh, one of the associate council members here, uh, she actually manages a large block of apartments on northern Coinside, uh, not far from this hill, to keep you in a good part of town, close to many of the good, fine dining and entertainment services our good city of Yadmus can provide. Uh, I can put in a good word for you if you, if you like. We would love to. Uh, we would love to have a chance to speak with her about renting uh, a place. Uh, we'd like to make Yanmas our home while we're here. Of course, and we would be we're very happy to host you. Uh, I do believe she has many offerings with stable space large enough to store your carriage and your horses as well. Perfect. So he gets her, uh, and he gets uh, a hold of Lady Corvina, and she comes out. And is more than happy to offer you... That's the other halfling, right? Corvina? No, is she's she... an associate member. She, oh, she just... Didn't, didn't okay. Cobbin is the... Cobbin is the... Cobbin's the halfling. Yeah, this is Corvina, who is a similar. Mm -hmm. And she offers you... Uh, her block of apartments is largely over here, down to the western side of the hill. Uh, she can get you a place to stay that's large enough to support all of you and has a stable space for your carriage and all your horses you need to draw it. And it's going to cost you about, I'm going to say 40 gold a month. Okay. And she can run it by the month. So you're 40 gold and you've got a place. Well, we have 40 gold, so. so she can give you a good rate for that, obviously, because you're here helping mm -hmm. the town in whatever way you can. So with that, you have a place to stay. You have a place to put your carriage and your horses. And you have had a brief introduction to the Mercantile Council of Yanmas and, well, Yanmas's problems. And as the afternoon starts to give way to evening, and you're shown 
around your apartment here. And it's set up already prepared and furnished for you. It's relatively small, especially when you've been staying in the Palace of Birdsong and the Betany Estate. Uh, much like a, a townhome. Attached half and half to another one at its side, but with a large stable on the opposite side of it that you can fit the entire carriage and a adjoining set of six stables. More than enough for the four horses you have to pull it. You get your things, unload your carriage, right around when dusk is nearing in Yonmas. What do you want to do, party? Well, I caught wind of a great uh, restaurant we should go try. Savories, I believe it was called. Well, I need to change, and then I would be more than happy <laughs> to go do that. But it looks so good on you, Anori. You should keep it on. Uh, it just doesn't feel me. I know, but you look so cute. Yeah, I'm changing. <laughs> <laughs> About the least persuasive thing you could have said. <laughs> My hair's all up and stuff. I got. Well, you can take the hair on. down. Like, I'll reach up and start pulling bobby pins out and, like, <laughs> very gently coming through her hair, not pulling it. But it'd be like, you know, there are dresses and stuff that are more casual and even pantsuits esque things you could wear <sighs> to events. We can work on it later. You don't always have to have in a big fluffy dress. We can work on things. That's good. Mm. Like the fluffy, mm -mm, frilly, no. Black leather, yeah. <laughs> oh, can't say anyone doesn't have a type. She, she knows what she's about. Should we ride it home with Anzu? Nobody so, would be at home with Anzu. <laughs> <laughs> Where would I go? to inquire about purchasing a building or a plot. <laughs> well, you work fast. He's not going on that immediately. Uh, not that, even going to wait the night. That's. Well, I'm, I'm just asking where I would go. I'm not going tonight. It's going to need to be in the morning, and that you would need to bring to the, that same council building. Uh, the Mercantile okay. Council Chamber is the seat of government here in Yonmas, and though you don't have to talk to the Mercantile Council as a whole about it, you are... That's where going the to need to go in there done. to yeah, try and get the paperwork and the permits and get some space or find a building. Okay. Well, for tonight, we feast and then sleep. So, are you guys heading out to Savory's? Yes. We want to see what it's all about. Let's go to Savory's. Dude! So, the five of you, uh, Savory's isn't terribly far from where you were staying here. Uh, it's actually, I think, super close. Yeah, it's it's... It's like two blocks <laughs> from where you are. Sure. It's a, she, he wasn't kidding when he said this was a good place uh, to be around all the, the fine dining and the good restaurants and whatnot. So you head out into the streets, and you can hear the uh, from this area the gentle waters of the main canal that supplies Yanmis down to the south on the other side of Coinside, the main market district. So you've got like the, uh, the main primary markets right next to you. And then up above you is where it gives way into inns, restaurants, uh, and other like dining and dancing and entertainment. And double check real quick. Coinside is, oh, it's actually not uh, the, the far end of it. The closer it gets to the canal, it fades off from being good markets and gets into like the lower rent kind of cheaper 
housing in Yanmist. This is not the Narrows. This is not at all the Narrows. Yanmist does not have a Narrows. Whew, but, that's uh, good. it's just the cheaper side of town. You're going from Savories to McDonald's out there <laughs> down by the canal. But you, uh, you get out and Ori, are you escaping your dress? Yeah, we're, we are back in leather trench coat and her normal garb for uh, going out on the night in the town, sure. So you guys, are you bringing weapons and armor to Savory's or? Not Kahina, no. I didn't imagine you probably looking like the same thing you were. Because this is supposed to be like a super high-end restaurant, so I'm just... Uh, it, it's, it's not... Well, I mean, you said it was. If it's a really, you said it's a really nice restaurant, and I wouldn't. Yeah, you uh, probably aren't. Man, you can take your like, hair down. It's like fine. All right, dining. I'll stay in the dress, <laughs> but now with hair is down. I'm yeah. bringing my sword though. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, you started my, in the last place. Yeah, keeping my sword, shield, and spear, just showing off my fancy gear again. I got a walking stick. <laughs> and a dagger. Apparently. And Kahina has her voice, so we're good. And Dara just wears his military garb, so I'm assuming you just have your chain shirt on all the time. No, my uh, my formal military. Oh, your formal military outfits, not, not actually your chain shirt and crossbow. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. a, okay, fair enough. So she, so Dara was still plain, just not as plain as the as the lieutenant. Yeah, the lieutenant literally had his breastplate on. Like he, he was there, he was in his armor. It's like, a very there, like, formal military outfit. Have you seen the bells and whistle on those? Oh things? yeah. Yeah, there's like two yeah. different. There's like military, like I'm fighting yeah, but people. But it's not fashionable. Formal. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, I'm judging you less hard than I was previously. But the five of you head out into the streets to find your way to this savories, a couple blocks away. And uh, as you make your way through the streets, you pass by uh, one of the many fountains in Yanmas set in the middle of the road. There's just features of extravagance and displays of wealth like this, just kind of all throughout the city. Just regular roads with fountains in the middle. And it's uh, getting to evening, so there's much less people walking around the streets than had been when you'd arrived in the early afternoon. It's starting to wind down, so people are retiring to their homes or the tavern, depending on what, what exactly their preference is. But you make your way a couple blocks away, and then you notice between a pair of buildings, a group of five citizens, men and women, that you don't need a perception or a sense motive check to see these people are very directly eyeing you as you pass. Eyeing how? Like, just curious, or they're planning to do something eyeing so they're looking like almost desperately at you oh i mean if if it's something that obvious i will speak up at them and ask them if there's something they need you step up and call out to them and the, the one nearest you takes a step towards you Almost haggard. You see, this this man has a, like almost a haunted look. Like he hasn't slept in days. As he steps towards you, he draws a knife. <sighs> and behind him, so too do the rest of them. And 
their pace quickens immediately as they rush to engage you. Some initiative, my friends. Well, you just won't let me have a dress in a campaign that I won't destroy, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm not. Not wearing my Kiko either. I'm not wearing any armor. Most of you are unarmored. Well, <coughs> it's a feeling like we're not supposed to be seeing those words right there. That's weird. No, you're not. Ignore that. <laughs> what is it not? That's the first NPC token. Now I gotta check all the NPC tokens for this book because they changed some stuff about how Roll20 did these modules. And I guess they don't GM roll the NPC rolls anymore automatically. So that's cool. All right, I'd rather find that here than later, though, so we'll take that. So not metagaming. <laughs> wow, they got some fire initiative. Holy yeah, crap. Wow. That didn't go great. That did, it did not go great for you guys. Uh, three of them immediately rush forward, daggers in hand, to attack. And they charge in recklessly and haphazardly, swinging clearly untrained as they cut at the air around you, trying to land any kind of a blow. And uh, Nell and Kahina being the closest, two of them are going, let me see if it even rolls the attack GM. I need to double check how this is gonna work because this is concerning, you know. I'm about to go through roll 20 and uh, figure out where the toggle is for that. Ah, I found it. Okay, yeah, I wonder, I hope it's just them. I don't have to go through every single token in this campaign. That shouldn't show. There we go. Yeah. First guy at Nell, second guy takes a swing at Nell, and the third one takes a swing at Kahina. And uh, all three of their daggers, even with them attacking before you could react, expecting no trouble here, just in the open streets of Yanmus, just cut uselessly through the air around you. They're clearly completely untrained. Dara. Well, uh, Dara is going, uh, I'm fairly shocked that these people are just running at us. So I'll just, I don't have anything on me, do I? <laughs> Time to punchy punch. You don't, you uh, don't have your I guess, as well. Uh, not really, no, whatever you would have brought to go to Savory's. Yeah, okay, well, um, uh, so I'll just call out, first instinct, call out, uh, just be like, stop, what are you doing? This is, uh, just basically to just stop what are you doing and try and intimidate the nearest guy uh yeah okay then roll me that intimidate check hey okay. super advantage those of you listen on the podcast you don't get to see roll 20 screw stuff up and do spoilers hey. boom podcast benefits that's a hard 20 hard 20 right absolutely there. a hard 20 on intimidate uh so this man while he does not stop attacking looks like he's clearly shaken but still he seems more terrified of something else and continues to press the attack regardless 
so another one of the uh, a woman near the back will rush in swinging with this dagger towards Kahina and her swing as Kahina is not well ready for this at all or in her armor or anything isn't ready to react to random citizens attacking her and this dagger is going to catch her and you're going to take four damage as this little knife only a few inches her little knife is only a few inches long just slashes through your dress and your side it's not a life-threatening cut but it is a dangerous one and it's your turn Gina. okay first off i did beat number six back you there one of them yes in initiative which means on my swift i get to intimidate uh call back to him don't be fools like your friends run away do so now 30 and the last man hanging near the back looks like he is definitely scared but does not in any way indicate he's gonna do anything other than run at you guys and start stabbing okay and he's gonna be scared while he does it <laughs> Since we are now level seven, I actually get to start my song as a move action. Ooh. So song does not take my, the beginning of my bardic performance does not take. So Kahina, or so I over, you know, over top of everything, just rally the rest, look sharp. We will not let let our new our new uh, home be so defiled. As you twist away and begin to speak with your bloody dress, more attention gets to be drawn here from the people scattered around, and the other citizens notice that this fight is happening. Not just any fight, but a whole bunch of people with knives are descending on your party. Random citizens of Yanmis don't take it super well as some people start to uh, panic or scramble away from this. No idea what they should be doing. Okay. Um, so start that with move action. Oh, goodness. Hang <laughs> that was a scream. He's scared. He's going to stab you. So... With that, um, we're going to use, we got a nice row of people here and here. Um, so with all of that, uh, what you doing? Kahina, uh, does the shrill scream, uh, and casts, uh, defensive, starts casting defensively with the shrill scream of her sound burst in the uh, in front of her which should hit so with the blast of magic yog make your voice to yeah. a shriek and make it a concentration check okay 10 foot radius right uh no that one's got a larger radius just click it um, yeah, it's got. Hold on. 
If you click well, the spell, it'll bring up a button just for your concentration. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That rolled the... Ten-foot radius. Yeah, ten-foot radius. Ten-foot radius. You get everybody but the guy in the back. Yep. And then maybe your concent uh, then you can click concentration right there in the chat log. Mm -hmm. They'll check for you. Okay, that's on the main. It's later. It's in the chat log. It's the word concentration, the spell you just put in the chat log. Okay. It's a link. Click that. Uh, boop. Another twenty. That's another natural twenty. So you easily get this spell off defensively. They all have four fortitude saves. Let me see. Okay, four people sport saves. Um, one of them immediately stops as he's overwhelmed by this wall of sound. And he takes the three damage from your sound burst here. And oh, they take the damage regardless. Yeah, the other it's ones, just... you can see the, the pain in their faces from this this spell, this blast of sound, but they show no signs of stopping or even slowing their assault. No. All right. Draw my sword. Yes, man. Draw your sword. Step down trying to get myself in the proper position to do my job. And then I'm going to pound my sword across my shield and yell at the group of them. Okay. So you slam your sword into your shield and do your best to intimidate everybody, which with a 29, you will very much intimidate everybody. Let's see. It's 15 plus HD plus whiz mod. 10 yes. plus HD plus Okay, yeah, they are all very much terrified as the much larger man with the sword and shield yells at them. What's the will save against your intimidate? It is DC our level. Uh, 17? Yeah. Okay. It's my ranks in intimidate, so... Alrighty. 10 plus 7. So one of them clearly is overwhelmed by the sound and stunned by this scream from Kahina. He can't really do anything. Everybody else immediately scrambles and turns to flee in fear. <laughs> Everybody else! Baylor. Uh, it looks like everybody's running. Uh, well, stunned or feared right now, yes. <laughs> Nobody is actively raising a dagger against you. Well, in case that changes in the near future, I'm going to start casting a spell and put a little barrier of force in between them and me. Yeah, you're a wizard. You typically don't like being stabbed. So we're going to start this fight nope. the same way we started so many fights with a shield spell. And get a little further away. You're just going to step back towards the, the backside of this melee here, trying to get away a little bit. And all right. Nori's going to see this all breaking out in this, this fiesta in front of her. She's looking at her dress, just shaking her head and 
just throw her hands up, not even drawing her sword. Come on, guys, I just bought this thing. And uh, she's going to begin to cast with a motion like this and stretch her hands out. As she stretches her, her hands out, multiple Noris appear on each side of her. And we go on mirror image style. So you do not want the actual version of your dress to be destroyed. So with your own protective magic, how many Inoris pop up? Oh, uh, we are... Or did it already roll? <laughs> no, it didn't. It doesn't roll automatically. I was going to empower it, too. So oh, it would be... Certainly do that. As we've learned fairly recently. Indeed. I thought this thing auto-rolled that, but, but apparently not. D4 plus... You're going to have D4 plus 2. Right, and then empowered is going to be 50% more in whatever you roll. Okay. So three, so four. Four. <laughs> you get a, you have power for one additional Inori, has four copies of you spread oh, out as you make that motion around you. You don't want the dress to get destroyed, not this time. And uh, just sort of move over here next to Baylor. And taking up the the back line here, as you also are not wearing armor right now. Uh, this man in the back who kind of lingered a bit is absolutely gonna run for it because this man is terrified and he is just takes out running around a corner off behind a building now uh each of his friends in front of uh, in front of him do the same falling back as far as they're able and sprinting back around into the alley behind a building and just raw fear from Nell's display of power. Dara. So, uh, the guy in front of Kahina, is he down? No, he's like stunned. He's standing there, like his hands over his ears, his eyes uh, scrunched shut, his dagger up against his head, just like reeling. He's uh, completely he out of dagger. it. drops his dagger. Oh, he drops his dagger, actually. Mm -hmm. He drops his dagger on the ground. He's completely out of it. Okay, so Dara's going to step around. Oh, so He's I'm going to step around Kina and just tackle this guy to the ground and try and get him down so that he can't move or run away or do anything of that sort. He's okay. Stay here. So you step up and you, you're going to grab this dude while he's not paying attention. Uh, give me a CMB check. So you just CMB in your character sheet. Okay. And you cornel this guy. I mean, he needs a knife, not a one. The dude's stunned. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, with the, the dude is stunned. <laughs> uh, with the twelve, you reach out and you uh, you take this guy down. So he is now stunned, disarmed, and on the ground with a uh, with Dara controlling him, and he's still completely dazed out of it. Like he has no idea what's going on and doesn't react immediately. But Kahina. Things is back to you. Seeing that the danger has passed, Dara has him tightly in hand. She's going to grab the dagger off the ground to keep it out of his reach. Um, and uh, just be like, I do we uh, we should. What were the fire? What were the constables here? The fire watch. The Firewatch. Is there any, are there any other just regular 
citizens still around watching? Uh, or did they all flee? Most of them have uh, a decent, if any, 50. Half of them have scrambled, and half of them are at a decent distance just watching whatever's happening in various states of shock and awe. Someone should call the Firewatch, please. We seem to disarmed one. And they all still standing there, but <laughs> nobody immediately moves. <laughs> Seriously? Useful. Mm. Real good. Real good. No. I'm going to move myself back behind the grappled opponent just in case the others decide they want to come back. And this time I'm going to intimidate the crowd to get somebody moving to help us. Just okay. going to yell at people. <laughs> somebody go get the guard! Oh no! Oh. They're too far away. I'm not <laughs> scary. With a natural one. I mean, it's still a 17. It's a skill check. Oh, you put it on your thing. Cool. 10 plus HD plus plus. Thank you. So, uh, you yell out, and with a 17, a couple people's eyes go wide, and they scatter and break away from this group <laughs> and run off in different directions. There's people here. They look. Just be looking at the situation and be like, just, just hit him. Hit him. Just knock him out. <laughs> I mean, we could. In a hurry. Smack him with the pommel of your sword. Who was... Uh... When he when Baylor was saying that, was he referring to the guy that's on the ground getting tackled by uh by Dara? Or yeah. just you're literally talking about him? Yeah, just knock him out. He's okay. the only one here. Yeah, I mean alright, then the uh the five Anoris are gonna take the, her shoes off and walk over to this guy who's getting grappled on the ground Bye. and literally kick him in the face and try to knock him unconscious. <laughs> Still hasn't so, even drawn her sword, by the way. So I'm just rolling. It's just melee, gonna kick this dude in the mouth. Did pull a knife on us. He's he unarmed. You're unarmed. He pulled no a knife on you, and he successfully stabbed Kahina. This is this is the yeah, lady. Okay. That, this is this is the woman that's that already stabbed Kahina. Yeah, do it's I, a chick. Yeah. Do I get her? Uh, do I get her buff too for that? Just punching. Yeah, you have your performance. Oh, yeah. So. Just, nice. Just stop her. Barefoot, kick you in the face. The 28, I'm pretty sure, will hit the grappled, disarmed, and reeling woman <laughs> on the ground. And uh, your unarmed is just D3 plus strength plus her buff, so two more. Plus strength. Mm. Okay. Ah, there it is. Plus two more from. Plus two more. For uh, for her performance, so with with yeah, seven. Did I accidentally kill this person. Uh, seven non-lethal. Seven non-lethal. non-lethal. Yeah, oh. you you hit her okay. for seven. Which is why I use the scream. You hit her for seven non-lethal while she's laying on the ground, and she is being held down, and you kick her in the head. She's defenseless, and you kick her in the head. She's <laughs> unconscious. She's. <laughs> she throw her shoes over her shoulder. All right, are we done now? Can we eat? We what? need to turn her over to the authorities. Find out what in the world this was. With uh, with that, the rest of the group comes rushing back in, overcoming their fear. 
and this guy is stuck behind. But three of them just charge into Nell. Still, did that one actually charge? All this, three of this them one charged. Here. I guess actually I don't know if they could have. Okay, two of them charged and one of them didn't. But, uh, and they rush at you again, overcoming their fear. Still clearly shaken. But not can, scared can off I? enough to break off entirely. Can, you have... charge. can I step away from them? Let's see if they, they fall. They just keep <laughs> charging. Yeah, but, like, can I? I mean, yeah, they they're, they're just going to charge forward further, but yeah. Okay, if they can keep going, then never mind. Yeah, I mean, because their charge isn't complete yet, so they're just going to keep charging. Okay. You can't, like, meme them out of their attacks by, by footstepping. Well, no, I thought that, that Unless that if they're like out the of distance, of... you could. If yeah. that was their full-length charge, you could. But otherwise, they'll just keep charging. That's what I was thinking, is that that was their full movement. Yeah, but three of them, uh, three more daggers flick through the air and bounce. Oh, you don't even have your breastplate on. Oh, what is your AC right now, actually? That might have been some hits. I'm so used uh, to you having 20 bazillion AP AC. Uh, okay, actually, with this flurry of daggers, two of them connect with you, and you take 10 damage from the stabs from two untrained knives just cutting through your nice noble's outfit. That brings us back to Dara. I'm so used to your AC being like 39, I just yeah. assumed none of this hit. I was like, wait a minute, you're not even armor on, they might actually hit you. Yeah, it's a solid plus 10 with that full plate on. How do you guys think we should deal with this? They don't seem to be in their right mind. Is there any way we can subdue them? Punch them. Make me a sense motive check, there. They don't seem out of your mind to you. Stop metagaming. There's a bunch of bandits attacking your tigers. Well, no, because they've been, they were feared, and then they came Yeah, that, that's weird. That's just kind of a mechanic of how Pathfinder Phil works. It's only a one-round fear. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's um, a... I thought it was they, over, they, they were forced with some kind of like... No, he only fears them for one round. That's just the Pathfinder mechanic. Uh, but, uh, okay. I mean, they don't seem out of their minds or anything for you. They're just pressing the attack. They fell back and we yelled and regrouped from right behind the building, and then all rushed out as one and landed a couple of good hits on them. Saw us knock out their friend and came back from. Yeah, it came back. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Uh, I guess. Uh, I just try and. You used to be on the What do I do? Yeah. I guess. Uh, okay. So. Uh, I'll just ask for Kahina. Can you? Uh, can you hand me the dagger? And you're gonna wait. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna hold till after Kahina. And this, uh, well, that one's unconscious, so I guess I'll just take that one off initiative. Kahina! I'll hand the dagger over to Dara and be like, I, we shouldn't kill them, but we should subdue them. And with that... They are all armored. Uh, they're wearing fairly simple clothes underneath, but all of them have stitched, like, simple leather armor. Uh, over them. It's almost like slightly enhanced football pads, basically, and their <laughs> daggers. Like, they clearly came out prepared to do this. Okay. So, we are going to take another page out you of the... You make sense motive too, I think, actually. 
still narrating uh, as she goes to keep, uh, as I go to keep the performance up. Um, suddenly, <laughs> um, actually, let me see here right quick. Um, suddenly not, everybody's not only feeling like they are bolstered from the, the, the performance itself, but like there's a secondary underlying, uh, lifting, um, and we're all going to fight just a teeny bit harder. Okay. So you cast a spell and, uh, good hope. Ooh, neat. I don't have a... So cool sound ready for this. Let's click this one to see what happens. Cool, that's what good hope sounds like now. So uh, <laughs> each of you gets a plus two morale bonus on saves, attack rolls, damage. So you have plus well morale on saves. You already have from the uh, the thing. But you have plus four to your attack and damage now. Mm -hmm. Plus two to all of your saves. And Ow. as you cast Boy. that out to enhance your team. The 28 on sense motive, you do actually notice that the townsfolk here are acting strange, almost as if they're being compelled to attack you. I don't, and she would just be like, as part of the performance, as she keeps, I don't think they're in their right minds. Baylor, what can you tell? Sorry, you have a dagger. And they seem okay. totally in their right minds to you. Okay. But still, Kahina sells, says that. Okay, so... Dara... This is the, uh, really, actually, I'm, this is kind of a terrible thing. A terrible encounter for Roll20 to ruin the metagaming on. <laughs> <laughs> right, metagaming so, um, testing! We're gonna practice not doing it! Because Roll20 pooed on my, on my face. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna step off the f side of the fountain here. So it takes you a move action to take the dagger from her. So you've only got one action this turn. That's the downside. Okay, I'll. Uh... I do. Okay, uh, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still gonna go. I'm gonna jump, step off the ledge of the fountain, and jump across. To uh, over here, uh, I'll be kind of I'll be in the water. I'm just you gonna jump, jump into over. the fountain to use it as cover, put a barrier between you and them. Yeah, it's not really. It's only two foot, right? Like a two foot. It's still something. You're behind a fountain. Like yeah. it's more than nothing between you yeah. and them. So I'm going to jump in, jump into the water, and get kind of behind where they are. You, you jump through uh, the fountain to flank him. Yeah. And uh, I think that's all I can do, right? That's all you got for right now. No. All right. They came back. They want more. We're going to give a couple of non-lethal smacks and see if they still want to keep fighting. Give you a shield, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. You just don't have your own. I just yeah, don't I have just, the armor because I, I painted the shield and the weapons look really nice, so I kept both of them. All right, fair enough. You're going to start smacking kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> not even really a penalty for attacking non-lethal, because you got a plus yeah, four anyway. Right now it's yeah, you're exactly damage. neutral attacking non-lethally. And you have plus four to non-lethal damage. Um, so you swing out with the flat side of your sword, just trying to whack them and not necessarily do damage. And you whiff once and connect with them, coming back with the hilt of your longsword to do some amount of damage to somebody. 14 damage to who? Top one, I guess. All right, so the one uh, to your right. And you hit him for 14 non-lethal. I didn't kill him, did I? <laughs> no, he did not kill him for hitting him okay. for 14 non-lethal. No, they're actually, they're, they're definitely not that weak. Uh, and as this one is still up, weapon in hand, and still ready to fight, uh, 14 non-lethal is a good hit. That sends her reeling, but doesn't put her down. Miller. <coughs> and that does raise my AC by another three. Thanks, you're fine. Uh, wait, is that fine defensively? Yes. Oh, okay. 22 now. All right, Baylor. Well... I said I had it on me, so I'm going to let go of my quarterstaff. Right now, drop on the ground. Don't need this. And pull out the small rod I got from Utropia. Okay. And as I start casting, everybody's going to feel kind of a little bit of a tingle. The hair is standing up on the back of your neck. Use the rod to focus it, make sure it doesn't hit any of my teammates. And then with a flash, it's gonna be like static electricity just jump between everybody who's attacking us right now. Ooh, okay, so you launch Ooh, a blast <laughs> of lightning out throughout this group here. Uh, jumping between all of the various uh, townspeople here. What not is this? Not very damaging, but incredibly painful. I have not seen this before. This is an interesting new, new to me as well. <laughs> all right, so what is this? This is sheet lightning. Create a dazzling flash of electricity. The fill a 20-foot radius spreads this whole street as it just blows up. And it Dazes everyone. That's one damage. One damage and <laughs> dazes everyone with just incredible pain. So this lightning courses out across these townsfolk. Your flashbang. And DC 20 fortitude or dazed. You can immediately see that three of them. Perhaps the one who was just smacked by Nell is a little more distracted by being smacked by Nell. Well, I was all, trying to hit, not hit Nell with it. They were too close to each other. That's true. Are all overwhelmed by this pain and stop for a moment, doubling over. A dagger still in hand, but not fighting for a brief moment. Inori. Okay. Um, hearing how... Kahina called that out and watching how these guys have been reacting. Yeah, it seems a little suspect. Uh, can I throw a detect magic like in 
Can I sweep if, the area with the tech you, magic? The tech maybe? magic cast takes three rounds to cast. Oh. Um, you can cast the tech magic, but the first round in the you first will get, round there it's is just magic. going to say there is magic in this cone. And uh, the second round it'll tell you how many types of magic and what the most powerful is, and the third round is it'll isolate where they are. So you can throw it up, and it'll give you magic, yes, no. But that's all it's going to do in the first round, unless you channel it. Not like uh, location. like if... No, that's three rounds of focus, and you get location. That's the final thing it gives you after you've focused for 18 seconds. I don't think this is going to go three more rounds. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, just going to hoof it then. I'm going to... Butter some arcane words, click my feet together, and cast some expeditious retreat. Make myself a little quicker. Alright, so you're going to cast kind of a little personalized haste almost to give you a speed boost. So I'll be move speed 60, 60. right now, so I could double move 120? <laughs> yep. You could zoop if you want to do. I, I'm really curious to see if what's behind this uh, lackened area up here. I'm gonna head over this way. You can use your speed. Just run past them to where they retreated and see if there's anything up around the corner of this building. But there's just more street. There was a uh, there was nothing in particular back there that drove them to turn around and continue finding you. That just was where they ran to. Hmm. So. Uh probably have a little bit more if i get back to here maybe <laughs> i don't the first of out. the uh, the townsfolk that is not dazed uh, by this blast of lightning and the pain drops his dagger it clatters to the floor as he turns and runs away and he runs away he withdraws he is a uh, almost like a, an expression of realization comes over i said that was a woman an expression of realization comes over her face as she turns like gasping, almost in shock, drops her dagger and just sprints away. Now the other three are still standing there, dazed by the lightning blast. Yeah. Okay. Um. Five foot step, and once again, we'll do. Actually, no. Tina's gonna go ahead and move. She's tired of the BS. It's Ooh. it's that time, folks. Uh oh. And she is just gonna walk up, rear back, and just punch this dude in the face. Just punch that guy. Just she's she wanted to punch what's his name all night, and she finally gets to take out a little of that frustration. Uh -huh. Now you get to punch she, a guy. It's not now you get to punch a guy. Who, a guy, a Weasley goatee, just like he does. So, so, she's the, gonna... so this is another really annoying thing about how Roll Twenty does these modules now. They, not largely, but a lot of them, they stopped giving me the token that just has their name on it. They did for some, but this is like the default token. So prepare to see this guy a lot. I have no idea why they did this, but this is just default nameless dude token. He's oh. dude or lady. This they are gonna show up a lot. Okay. So with a fourteen, you connect with the stun man in front of you. Okay. 
And... D3 plus strength. D3 plus strength. Plus your four. Plus another four. Yeah. So your strength modifier, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. plus strength modifier plus four from good help in your performance. Plus six. Uh, there we go. Seven. So you roll back and you punch this man in the mouth for seven damage. <laughs> and he, he takes the hit and kind of rolls back. Still overwhelmed by the sheet lightning and unable to react. Dara. So I'm going to vault over the side of the fountain and full out run and tackle this guy in the back. <laughs> Dara King of takedowns here. Full football tackle. tackle. Uh, oh, yes. You can charge, which gives you a plus two to your attack roll, and a grapple uses an attack roll. It'll lower your AC by two, but it'll give you... Uh, you'll do this CMB and it'll be too higher. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'll do. He's just tackling. Charge, tackle. Doris in football practice. Yeah. All right, give me CMB again. And you tackle this. You tackle this man to the ground just like you tackled the first woman who came at you. Uh -huh. And uh, he still yeah. has the knife in his hand. And he's still overwhelmed by the pain for now. But... <laughs> just doing a line of tackle going down here. No. You're muted. If I'm full attacking, can I replace two attacks with two CM uh, combat maneuvers? You can't attack Depends two, on the combat maneuver. You can replace maneuver. the attacks with Wait. combat maneuvers that replace an attack. A disarm and a grab. Disarm and a grab. It. No, grab's a standard okay. action. Are they still armed? Don't they drop yeah. it if they're stunned from the... They're not I'm not they're stunned, dazed. it's dazed. Yeah. Ah. But you okay. can you can disarm, it could be in place of an attack. Grapple's a standard action. No, I'll um, I'll move to the flank of these two, and I will attempt to grab this one before it can run off. So you're going to move around uh, behind them now, surrounding these uh, the men that are left here. And you're gonna try to grab this guy. We're gonna hold him down. And with a 19, you grab a hold of him as well. Baylor. Two of them are grappled. Everyone's still armed. So. But they seem to be recovering from your sheet lightning. I was already in the thought process of lightning strike everybody now I'm actually thinking about what Kahina said that there might be something off about these guys Maybe sense motive. let's see what the wizard can pick up about people but a 21 you're although I don't think you ever employed them yourself familiar with charms and compulsions as they are a prevalent issue and especially in minor political scenes where there's less access to big money and regulation to deal with things like there isn't the grand senate of opara or any of that so you're familiar with identifying somebody who's been charmed these townspeople have clearly been charmed uh they are not acting of their own free will I'm going to look at the one who's not being held. 
And, and you also know this is a freebie because you just know this is a wizard. That if they are charmed, there no um, there's no way to knock sense into them. They're gonna if they're being magically compelled to attack you, they're gonna attack you until they die. But that one dude ran off, so it could be a weak compulsion. That one lady ran off. Well, either way, I'm gonna take the one who is not being held and see if I can magically knock some sense into them. Okay, how are we gonna magically knock some sense into them? Hi, the good old dispel magic. Good choice. So you realizing something is wrong here, start to weave a counter spell of your own to try and purge whatever the charm is from this man. Maybe you dispel check. With a, a 25 dispel check. 25. As your spell completes, you would see this man's eyes go wide. I need to see what's happening and come kind of cognizant of his surrounding. surrounding. Glance around for a second and just drop the dagger and put his hands up. Oh! Oh my the gods! I'm sorry! I'm so sorry! And then drop down to his knees. I, I couldn't help myself. We are aware. This is why we did not kill you. Inori. Uh, Nori's kind of, I'm kind of peeking around the corner. I see Dara wrestling with a guy on the ground, trying to get his attention. <laughs> Tell him, hold his head up. <laughs> uh, she's going to set her shoes around the corner here. Test the wind. <laughs> get a three-point stance. And use that speed that she's got like a flash to come running up here and field goal kick this dude's head as Dara tees it up. While she's doing it, she's gonna yell, Double D! <laughs> what? What is Double D? Dara and Dentho. I'm gonna learn today. Okay, so the mirror image is five Anoris take this stance and charge out from behind the building and just full force. I'm not gonna make you roll for this. Okay, full good. force. Just boot this man. With the 60-foot move speed, Expedition Retreat is giving you, and this dude is immediately, his head spins off his shoulders nearly, knocked limp and unconscious in Dara's hands. That's the second person in Dara's held down you've kicked unconscious. They have been a team since the very beginning. <sighs> the last person here who is uh, still conscious and under this compulsion, grappled by Nell, isn't going to stop swinging. And uh, even in this current position, he's going to try his best to lash out with his dagger. He's just trying to land something on Nell, but he's pretty well restrained. And Nell has no trouble keeping the knife away from him. Yeah, you know. Calming the man. He's, it's fine. Just sit. It'd be fine. Meanwhile, she's five foot step. And then <laughs> once again. <laughs> boop. 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 <laughs> and uh, you move over and the same as you had the last person. Just reach out and punch this man with whatever force you can muster. 
And you get a good solid hit while he's distracted trying to stab Nell and Nell's holding him down. <laughs> That's D3 equals six. That's not what I... Close <laughs> enough. Yeah. D3 does not equal six. <laughs> you, you, you got a three though, so it's. I don't know if that. Oh, it did actually roll it. So no, Field goal, three, three so points, would, guys. You would, you would punch this guy for is. nine damage. Okay, I, I see what that did. That did actually roll it, and it zero successes because three is not six. Thank you, real funny. <laughs> so, uh, you punch him for nine damage. Dari, you are no longer restraining a man because he is super unconscious. <laughs> and, and Kahina's is. He's still standing. He's just the one in front of me is He's not still charmed up. anymore. Oh, oh right, right. Yeah, right, the one with the green dot. That's a, the, the southern month one is no longer charmed. He's on his knees, like gotcha. blown away. Yeah. No idea what's going on. Uh, the one that Nell's grappling is the only one that's still resisting. Gotcha. Um, I guess I'll uh, I'll run over to the one Nell has and try and take his dagger? I don't know if that's the best idea actually, but I'm going to try it anyways. Uh, can you? I can't remember. You can't AOL if you're grappled, can you? No. Taylor? I think not. I don't think you can. So, uh, make me another CMB check to try and take this guy's knife. Okay. So many of new, new, new roles. Friends learning about combat maneuvers. Yeah, friends learning combat maneuvers today. Yes, I'm the and best. She's the best. He kind of casually flicks it out of his hand. He's just yeah, man a, fighting everybody. With a 25, you have successfully tackled two people and then disarmed a third of the five of them that were here originally. You wrestled the, the knife away from this guy as Nell's trying to restrain him. And that's uh, Nell. All right. I'm going to sweep the leg, shoulder charge into him, and take him to the ground. <laughs> nice. Pin. Sweep the leg. And oh, with a 29 Get the body there, back. With a 29 there, you are easily going to take this man down <laughs> and pin this man to the ground. It's worth noting, he does not stop fighting. He is... Still going for it. Baylor. Gonna pick my quarterstaff back up, start dusting it off. They got this handled. <laughs> Anything I can do from now, just be hurting the guy unnecessarily. Just <laughs> clearly under control. Well, Denori. He's on the ground. He's on the ground, fully restrained, trying to get up, huh? but he's pinned. He's gonna <laughs> kind of size it up a little bit. She's got enough Please. movement. She's gonna run back. I mean, you let me just grab my shoes. <laughs> got enough movement, I'm sure. Scoop him, and then full from here. We're gonna run. Like the flash, and kick him in the face. 
Yeah. I'm demoting you from neutral good to neutral neutral. I am saving <laughs> lives. Came out with, I haven't even drawn my sword, I'll have you know. Yeah, all right, fine. And I'm in a dress, barefoot. What do you want me to do? Fine. Yeah, she's barefoot. That's she's fair. And a woman. Nell has this last guy all down. Dainty feet. She's got dainty feet. You run in. I don't know you. And you boot the last guy, too. <laughs> Knock him unconscious, clearly, in Nell's grasp as he just goes limp. <sighs> oh, that, I gotta remind everybody. Thank you, Mr. Paler. Leaving just the last man on his knees, confused. No <laughs> idea what is happening around him. And pretty worried, really. Oh, shout-outs to Penning having a hot plus four. Yeah, pinning's pretty good. So this last Plus man, five. as he sees the Nori run up, boot this. one guy, and then run supernaturally fast back, grab her shoes, spread back over, and boot the next guy. <laughs> and mirror image too. That has to look really crazy. He throws his hands off in front of his face. Kahita's <laughs> gonna drop down to it. No, 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 no. We we understand. You were under con a compulsion. We aren't going to hurt you. It's fine. It's fine. And in fact, she'll ask. She'll be like. Here, give me your hand. And looking terrified, Tilt slowly reached one hand out to you. Not really sure what it is you're doing. Can you know, put her other hand over it face. and she'll, because she did punch him, uh, she'll channel uh, Cure Light Wounds into him. So you heal this man of the, the little bit of injury that he has, just more as a gesture of good face mm -hmm. than anything else. And as he's healed, he looks up at you and to the five Inoris and back up at you. Uh, I, uh, uh, I don't really know what to say given the situation. It's, it's, it's not, obviously not your fault if you were under a compulsion of magic. It would just be Maybe you can help us with some information and we can find out how this befell you. And all of the people. Do you know any of these people? He looks back around at the three unconscious people hanging around him. Uh, I've seen them around town a bit, but never so much as had a drink with them. I, I don't know. I don't know any of them. No, not, not even the names. What do you remember? Well, I... I I've been having these... These, these dreams. These mm. terrible nightmares. And I... I don't know how the thought got in my head, but... I just knew that killing the group of you would, would, would put an end to it. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably because whoever's causing it is targeting us. Of course. I I, I don't know, but possible. I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I. This is I not didn't your have fault. Control like, myself. We we understand. Uh, the name's Vokus. Vokus Yunkus. I. I, I run Vokus a small. Vokus. Yes. I, I run a small. <laughs> a small tavern. Uh, on the other end of the sound, uh, on the other end of town, I don't even come 
across the west side of Yonmas often. I don't know how I found you. I don't know why I thought this would do anything. It's got nothing to do with what you thought. It has everything to do with the thoughts that someone else put into your mind. Someone obviously wishes us ill and wishes us not to be in your fine city. Oh. I, thank you for not giving me the loot to the head the rest of these lads received. They'll be fine. It's, we'll make sure they're all healed as well. Here, uh, what was the name of your tavern? Oh, it's just a, a simple flank. Simple. It's it's nothing. It's it's just past the wash. It's it's far below good noble merchants such as yourselves. You, you don't owe me nothing. If anything, the opposite. Well, I tell you what, we'll be by tomorrow for some rumors that you've been hearing around the city. Help us complete our tasks around here, and we'll consider it even. Well. I'll, I'll do what I can. Thank you, folks. Barkeep hears many things. That's all we want is what you hear. Uh, I don't know much. And what I do know, I don't know how or why I know it. But I'll help how I can. But I, I don't know how to even begin to apologize to the group of you. I... Hey, it's this fine, man. Nobody, nobody's died out here. <laughs> yeah, but he gestures at Nell, who's stabbed several times. And <laughs> He's been stabbed a lot worse. Probably starting no. to bleed through his, uh, his jerk in there. <laughs> Kahita just reaches up and puts her hand up there and just, like, <laughs> thinks for a second, says some words, <laughs> channels a cure moderate wounds into him. He'll be fine. Don't worry. Listen, I know this man. He probably deserved it, even if it wasn't from you. He's not wrong. I, I must admit you're taking this better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, this happens way more than you think. Things would have happened a lot differently how if his dress got ruined, I can assure you that. So, and at this point, you would hear a set of metal boots uh, as quickly as they could running down the road up towards the group you hear. And another man dressed like the guards outside the council chamber with a bright red vest over his breastplate shows up with a club in his hand and that a same club? fucking helmet on. Yeah, and looks around and sees Nell and uh, Kahina bloodied as they are from the stabs. And calls out, You lot got attacked by the bandits. Where'd they go? I... And then he sees the, he kind of processes the unconscious people on the ground. He's like, is, is this them? I don't think they're actual bandits. They were under some form of compulsion, I believe. Magical charm. <laughs> we were able, uh, we were able to dispel it on this fine gentleman here. And he kind of walks up. He came in from the east near the the center of town. He kind of. Creeps up a bit towards the first one when you're knocked out and just nudges her with his boot. Uh, did you kill him? No. 
Nobody's dead. They've just taken a boot to the face. He kind of kneels down. Knocked him down. And puts this a hand thing about the suggestion magic. You gotta knock him out to kind of stop it. Alright. Well. I'm gonna need a lot of you to come back to. Well. You're not under arrest, obviously, but. Need I'm to make a need statement. To this. The of course. We would always uh, operate with inside the law. I appreciate you understanding. Uh, the headquarters is back up past the wash, and uh, Yoga speaks out. It's right near my tavern. <laughs> Looks like we're heading the Good same way, here. lads. Well, I know where we're getting dinner then. He shakes his head a bit. Oh, well, it's on me, of course. It's the very beginning of how I could even start to apologize, but... It's fine, and Nori, I'll find somewhere else for you to wear your pretty dress at some point. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be getting the eyes in the tavern. I'm going to be a little overdressed now. <laughs> I take it y'all won't mind if I start wearing my full plates around town. I'm fine with that. Can we... Are that. we going to carry these men with us? No, we can these? figure that out next week. Well, I think yeah. that's about it for, uh, <laughs> for today's session. We're, we're, we're significantly over at this yeah, point. We're, yeah, we're pretty far, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to get through that first encounter, and it ended up turning into a great pile of just clown fiesta memes. It's, really, a little, it's how our works. party works, A little man. longer than I was expecting to kick I a mean, bunch of 15 health townspeople into submission, but here we are. Well, <laughs> we didn't we're have not any gonna kill them. Yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of town. We're gonna save them from themselves. Do anyone. Yeah, that's true. What are you gonna do, boot them to death? Well, obviously not gonna boot them to death. We just gotta oh. boot them halfway to death. So they'll stop hitting us. Boot them to unconscious. Boot them to unconscious. encounters with people in towns is going to end with us knocking them out and taking them to the authorities. Yeah, and Ori trying to field goal as many people as physically possible. Which... She took her shoes off, so obviously... Took shoes off, never drew a sword, and literally Very tried to just knock people out non lethal Because she didn't want blood on her shoes. Well, that... Very <laughs> See, now somebody's paying attention. <laughs> just bought those, too. And the thing is, Kahita's...